0: Christmas.
1: I can't wait to hear that. Dude. I put a lot into that that one line.
0: <laughs> I didn't know you were going there. I will be for real though. I think Nat King Nat, Nat Cat King Cole Nat King Cole's version of the Christmas song is probably the most well sung of all the Christmas songs. Oh yeah, I mean it's just I mean it it, it defies genre, it defies race, creed, color, and everything. So I, I'm a big fan of that one.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. We got we're having technical difficulty. <laughs> Jonji, why do you love Brian all of a the time? The dog
0: is standing on all of our sound stuff. <laughs> our pets' heads are falling off. But anyway, we're going to get started because this is the What's Happening yeah. Pod Christmas edition. Yeah. It is. It's it's a real fun time for us. But before we get started we're talking about Christmas, we got yes. a couple housekeeping things that have happened since McKinley and I have gotten together last. Uh, we had the football state championships. Yes, um, congrats, congrats to, to all those to our folks that were there. We got Corinth; uh, they won from up here. West Point doing their thing. Uh, man, Nanaua, uh, you know, chalk.
1: I watched that West Point game, dude, and I was like, they're here. I mean, yeah. it's, you
0: know, you were because th- we remember we were like, man, that picky was good. Man, it's Dodd-Lee's last year. If it would have been a six quarter game. And Picky, you had two more quarters to give the ball to the big workhorse. Oh yeah, would it have worn West Point down at all? I'm just curious. Well, second half, first
1: half, he he got him a little bit. He did. Second half, too much point? 18 carries, 33 yards. Yeah,
0: that's what happened. <laughs> this Halftime adjustments. Crazy man. Yeah.
1: Shout out to a guy that we don't mention enough, Roger Burton, defensive coordinator at West
0: Point. Oh man, yeah. That that's, that Coach Burton's one of those kind of guys that he does a great job at West Point, but any junior college in the area, oh if they could gosh. wrap that guy up yeah. in a bow and put him on their sidelines, that would be a very 100%. good hire for sure, for sure. Well, Man, it is the Christmas season, and like we said, uh, we had some things going on, but before we get too far in this, I um, want to want to talk about something that's happened in the area, uh, yeah. a, a, a somber moment, a sad moment. Uh, legendary basketball coach Jimmy Guy McDonald from Hulka and coach a little while at Kossuth, yeah um, passed away recently, and we haven't talked since that happened, and uh, I want to give thoughts and – I guess a shout out to uh him and his family and the entire community of Hulka and the entire northeast Mississippi area, not just basketball. Sure. Uh Coach McDonald was well thought of amongst his peers, amongst people, um, all over the place. You can't throw a rock and not find somebody that knows Jimmy Guy McDonald. Um and one thing that's funny about when people pass and um everybody always tweets or they Facebook oh, and they yeah. say Man, a great man passed away, thoughts and prayers. And I see all the people that tweet these things. Sure. And it's guys like Jonathan, Ashley, and and all these coaches and sons of coaches that are around here forever. And I know they need more than 140 characters for a tweet. Oh, absolutely. They need their own dialogue to be able to tell stories about what this man meant to them. And that's kind of what you and I are going to do. Sure. We're going to kind of do the things that folks couldn't do. So um, you've got a couple of Jimmy Guy McDonald stories, uh, and, and I've got a couple. And uh, I'm going to start with one. Since, uh, Please um, do. He, he was one of those kind of guys, and this is more not just a story, I guess you would say, more of a, a way he was. Um, I was coaching at Pontotoc, and I, I, I played high school basketball against Hulka for four years and coached against him for a couple of years when I was at West Union. But it took me to get into Pontotoc when it was kind of a rivalry. You know, Hulk always sure. kind of – in the Ponotok thing, that for a long time, that's been heated. And Absolutely I didn't realize has. that until I, I got in it. And um, we were getting ready to play Hulka, and we were we were better than them, probably about 20 points, and they almost beat us. And they they came out in a 2-3 zone. And the next time we played them, I, we were getting ready to scout them. And I said, uh, man, they're going to come out in that 2-3 zone. Chris looked at me and said, you crazy. There ain't no way Jimmy Guy's coming out of 2-3 zone. I said, what do you mean? He goes, I said, man, the last six, seven games I've seen him play, they're playing 2-3 zone. I said, he's trying to win this one. Like, he's going to throw everything at us. Man, the Hulk came out. They 1-3 won, won us. They boxed and won us. They manned us. They diamond and won us. They 2-2 two two won us. They did everything good. And that kind of is getting what I'm trying about to say about him. His players always knew how to play. Sure. You know what I mean? Like Madarius Hobson, Elijah oh Buchanan gosh. back in the days, Irvy Johnson. Robert Woodard. Yeah, these Insane are some of the best players that have ever come through northeast Mississippi. And whether they're 15, 25, 45, 55, you roll a ball out there, they can play. That's right, and it's kind of the difference in your Ingemar and Hulk. because that was always the big rivalry, you know, who's going to oh, win the yeah. most state championships, Norris or Jimmy Guy? And you know, it's it was kind of like an unofficial bachelor thing. You were always Team Norris or Team Jimmy Guy. Yeah. you know what I mean. And and I'll say this: as much as I respected Ingemar, the flex bored me. Short sure. shorts bored me. I liked what Jimmy Guy did. I'm just being <laughs> honest. I like guys that ran up and down the floor, that dunked it on me, that pushed me, that talked a little trash, and um, I liked the way he did it. Um. His team's won, and he showed a lot of class. But when he was better than you, he let you know it on the floor. Sure. I mean, if his team could beat you bad, they would. And he, he did it the right way. I mean, I remember there was a coach in the area one time. Jimmy Guy bludgeoned his team, and that guy took offense to it, and he said something to him after the game. And Jimmy Guy pretty much just said, get out of my face and get your team up to my level. I mean, like, what are you griping about? You know, and <laughs> that was just kind of the guy he, that he was, man. He, he didn't pull any punches. He uh, – he was just a man's man, I guess is what I would say, and he was well-respected by everybody around, and you won't find anybody that has a bad thing to say about him. There might be some stories oh, yeah. people can't tell on the Absolutely. air, but, but he was really a good dude. So tell me one. I know you've got a couple that you, well, you know. Well, first
1: thing I do want to say, because it kind of segues from what I said a minute ago, uh, when Dodd Lee was interviewing about the football, he said, you know, when people think of football in this state, they think of West Point, South Penola, and Bassfield. I think I'd be remiss to say if people brought up high school basketball in this state. I mean, you know, you're, you've are you got your Luther rallies, and then you've got your, you know, all the guys down in Tommy Jackson, Billups, Burt Tommy G. Billups, Bens, yeah, yeah, 100%.
0: Do- Dole Wolverton at Leak Academy, yeah, all these but folks. But there's nobody, yeah, nobody
1: in the high school basketball region of the southeast that doesn't know who Norse Ashley and Jimmy Guy McDonald For sure, for sure. And that we're talking about state championships, countless baseball, basketball, uh, I think he got over eight hundred and fifty wins, something like that. I was reading the paper. Won a grand article. slam back in with the, women, slam with the girls back, back in the day. Was a thing, and that, yeah. you think about the size of the school, man. Just
0: Holker girls won a grand slam back then. I could tell exactly. Nowadays, insane. Yeah, I they mean, could never do that now. No,
1: but one thing that was so cool about that, and, and I can I can actually appreciate you and Chris for letting me do this. When I first got to Pontiac, I knew nothing about
0: Holker. Right.
1: I mean, Sound sounded like say, something caught in your throat. Oh, yeah, well, like I Chris was like, hey, we're going down Holker. Like you want to ride? And I said, well, I'll tell you what, I'll just rival Bill. Is that cool? And I'll just stand right back with y'all. And he said, yeah, absolutely. So, Bill and them played, and they won by a billion. And then y'all played, and I was like, Chris, why don't you get me coming to this? And he goes, this boys game is going to be different. Yeah. And he said, you mm-hmm. ain't seen a game until you've seen a boys game. on a On a Friday. and, and oh, 100%. And it was the night that Delvin and their guy got into it. And it yeah, Delvin you know, and Tyreek
0: are boys. And I mean, Delvin it, and yeah. Tyreek
1: were boys. And I was just like, whoa, wait a minute. Hobson was an eighth, <laughs> eighth grader. But I'll tell you this, man, it, I, of all the games I got to watch and all the high school games I've got to watch, I'll never forget the one time I actually got to go to Hawkeye. Man, that's – that's it was everything. You could tell it was something. Everything that took place during that game and during that night, everybody was in place from the players to the scoreboard people to the fans. The, Jimmy Guy orchestrated every single game. Yeah, he, he runs and It the seems show. like every game that they did like that was because that's how he wanted it. For sure. So cool. But I do have a funny story.
0: Go ahead. So –
1: Brian and Chris introduced me to Jimmy Guy for the first time in my life, my first year at Pontotoc. Uh, y'all were playing in the Hotbed Classic, and I went with y'all. We were in the hospitality room. Go figure. Uh, no. But any, just for those of you listening, any time I rode with either the basketball teams, my first question was, all right, where do they keep the
0: hospitality? We probably room? got in there just after the late great Gerald Snyder got out. Yes. <laughs> it's
1: just, you know, amazing how many basketball coaches I got to meet in this area just simply because I'd go to hospitality rooms with our basketball teams. But um, – Jimmy Guy and them had just got through playing, and we were we were two games away. There was a game going on, and we were the was next Was that the
0: game. year we played Center Hill or OB?
1: I'm, I'm not sure. Okay, which one did we play first? Center Hill because we, 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 we got Center Hill. We got beat it, by it was OB me and Mike Gregory went there. That's yeah. right,
0: one of the best games of all time. Oh, uh, one
1: of my favorites. But um, anyway, y'all introduced me to him, and I didn't realize this at the time, but Chris and Brian were telling him, you know, who I was. I shook his hand, introduced myself, and he's like, oh, you know. Well, who are you kin to? And he knew my dad and my, knew my grandfather really, really well. They were about the same age. And just, I guess, you know, back in those times when communities were still considerably small, you just knew who people were. Yeah. And he knew my grandfather considerably well. And he looked at me and he said, well, he's a genuine certified piece of work. I said, well, you definitely know my grandfather then. But uh, – i had gotten to meet him a couple more times, and then, I mean, gotten to where when he would come in the gym, we'd walk in the gym, he'd say, hey, Coach. you know, he knew who I was, and I knew who he was, and super, super nice guy, but one morning, I get to school, and I'm getting my driver's ed group ready, Chris said, I need you to do me a favor, I need you to go down to Hulka after you, all get through eating, and pick up game film for uh, Houston and Hulka, I-, I need the film on Houston. And of course, I was negligent. I said, "Chris, you don't get to tell me where I get to go." And driver's says, "I do. Just please, does okay? That's better. That's, I'll do it now." So I don't even know how to get to Hulka hardly.
0: Fifteen, baby. Just, but
1: but he was like, "Oh yeah, you do. Just go straight down fifteen. Take a right when you get there." I said, "All right, I got you." You go from
0: Hulka to New Hulka. Uh, yeah, exactly. Just being real.
1: <laughs> well,
0: at fifteen to thirty-two. Fifteen right? thirty-two. Yeah, that's right. So I take my right. I dated a few chicks from Hulka back in the day.
1: Okay, it's cool. Cool. They
0: had a few pretty ones. Anyway.
1: I take a right, and Chris tells me what the house looks like. And he's like, yeah, he's right there by the school. You can't miss it. It's the only it. mansion in Holka. <laughs> but anyway, he said he told me he was just going to leave the film on a disc in his mailbox. So I pull up, my driver's ed kids, and they're like, we need to get out. I was like, no, y'all stay. I'm just going to get this disc. So I look in the mailbox, and the disc is not there. So my naturally, I was like, well. He didn't have it here. I to mean, call Chris. So I call Chris out of class. I hate Chris. The uh the disc is not here. I, you know, what do, what do I need? He's like, just knock on the door, he's probably there. He probably he ain't going to the gym till noon. He's up. So I knock on the door, nobody there. You know, yeah, I, <laughs> I ring the doorbell, nobody comes. So I could notice that the door was you could kind of open it pretty easily. And I creaked it open and I start calling him. I said, like, Coach, coach, it's Coach Holland from Pontock. He's, you know, I could hear him from you know 20 feet away inside of a house. He, yeah. Yeah. And I was like, like, yeah, I'm just looking at this desk. He's like, it's on the counter right there. He had dishes, bread, newspapers, everything all The that. kitchen I, of a coach. Yeah, 100%. It was not organized, but I <laughs> I couldn't find the desk. So I kind of started stepping slowly, like, closer to his voice. I mean,
0: sec- he was a Second Amendment guy, I'm sure.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I've only met this guy three or four times, so I'm kind of worried. Like, you know, he's not going to come out and draw a gun on me. <laughs> you know, but anyway, uh, I could hear him stirring around, and he finally turns a corner. He's got on a like a wife beater white t shirt and whitey tidy underwear. His hair's all over the place. Which is which is not normal for Jimmy Guy. He's usually combed to a T. And he goes, It's "It's right here on the counter. And of course, it wasn't right where it was visible. It was like behind the coffee maker, under two plates and a sheet of newspaper. Bill Russell
0: undertone there. (laughs) Yeah, he's
1: right in front of the coffee maker and he picks it up and he hands it to me. I was like, Oh, thank you, coach, man. And of course he's in his underwear, so I'm like I didn't want to make too much small talk. Or didn't eye to, contact. I did want to say hello. And I was like, well, man, hey, Coach. Uh, man, you've been doing good. He's like, yeah, 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 man. You got to get gone. You got to get gone. I was like, okay, man, I'm out of here. He practically ran me out of his house. But For sure. We actually laughed about that later in the season. He said, man, you ever come in my house again when I'm in my drawer, you may get
0: shot. <laughs> but, man, what a guy, man. Yeah, what I, an awesome dude. I, I got t- I got a couple quick ones here. And these, You know, he, he was a really good friend of my dad's. Of course. And uh, they um, – my, he was he was he was one of those guys my dad thought highly of, and there are not many times that my father would ever admit this guy's better coach than me. Yeah, he routinely admitted that about Jimmy. Wow. Guy, which is which is rare. Most coaches That's don't tough do that. It's tougher for a coach. My dad would mean, hey, who's the best coach in the area? Well, you mean besides me, Jimmy Guy? Like, I mean, that was yeah, that was the way we did. Um, but man, we played them my freshman year, and we played them in junior high the year before. Man, I put up forty spot, almost fifty on them. We bludgeoned them. The next year we played them in high school, and I'm a freshman starting. We played them in our tournament in the finals, and I had a pretty good game. It's about my third game in my high school career, you know, almost 20, probably 15 or so, you know, played pretty well, uh, and they guarded me with, like, uh, Greg Davidson. Similar build, white fella, kind of chunky. I kind of do my own thing I wanted to. Right. We go to Hulka on a Friday night, and we're playing them in the f- – Saturday night, and we're playing them in the finals of the Hulka tournament, and they were really good.
1: That's this back we, when you played in, like, bracket from that yeah, so cool.
0: yeah, so we we had beaten, like, New Hope and yeah. Bruce. And we thought, man, those are two good teams. And now we're playing Hulka in the finals. And it was Elijah Buchanan, Ervie Johnson, uh, David Gardner, Jock Moore, Greg Davidson, Latrone Gordon. Like, man, they were loaded. It was the year they finished runner. It was the year before they won it. It was the year that Pig Prather and them won it. This is the year the I'm Faulkner. talking about at yeah. Faulkner. So, I mean, it was Hulk Ingmar, and Pig at yeah. Faulkner. We got out there and man when they announced starting lineup, everybody in the Hulk stand started chanting Coach's boy, co-, talking about me, Coach's boy, you know, and, and I'm just like, What is going you on? You don't here? want
1: them fans getting ready and, on I and Hulk Hulk either.
0: I came out my first shot and I airballed it, which is the most rare thing ever. Haley's <laughs> commenting a Brian ball and airball. <laughs> and for thirty two minutes they chanted Airball every time I touched it. And it was a kind of a Hulk on a Friday night couple yeah. bottles of hennessy air ball chant and then uh <laughs> he guarded me that night with a guy named David garner who was about six foot four with a 30 inch vertical lead That's not fair and seven foot wingspan <laughs> I couldn't get a shot off after the game and and coach McDonald's son was a senior okay he played point guard for him and uh after the game he uh he came up to me and, and I was on the verge of tears because they beat us and I just mm. I didn't know how to take this as a freshman. Oh yeah. And he he, he kind of he he shook my hand and he kind of grabbed my elbow with his other hand, you know, pulled yeah. me close. And he said, uh, "Just know that this is the best time of your dad's life." And I said, "Coach, what do you mean?" He goes, "He's getting to coach his son, no matter how bad it gets. This, trust me, this, he will never have a better time than coaching you right now." And he, I oh, said, wow. "I said, well, I appreciate that, coach." He said, "You need to enjoy it too because you'll never have a better time than this." And he said, "Uh." That's and, a cool thing yeah, to say after. Something, yeah, and he you know? and, and he also said, and going forward, it won't be as hard for you. You know, he's like, you'll be a sophomore, you'll be a junior, you'll be a senior one day, and, yeah. and, and the, the nights won't be this tough. Well, he lied to me because they got tough, they got easier, but not when I played Hawker. It got tougher. <laughs> it never got easier. when <laughs> I played against them.
1: That's but, a good sign of respect, yeah, though. To yeah. a good point. And then in
0: my last story, real quick. He, he he was so respectful of other people who were who knew the game. You know, what I mean, if you knew the yeah. game, Jimmy got game recognized, game kind of thing. I was a senior, and we were beating Hulk. We didn't. We never beat them until my senior year. That's how good they were. And I remember, um, I know this rule. My dad had been talking about it for years. You know, I've always knew this. If a coach is on the floor of play and a player runs into that coach from the opposing team, it's a two-shot technical in the ball. And I don't know if many people know that, but I knew the rule. And Jimmy Guy McDonald running Hulk's gym like he does, he was standing about 10 feet out on the floor. We got a fast break going the other way and the ball was kind of going to the rim. It wasn't really near where I was, but I saw him on the floor, and I made a beeline about 15 feet out of the way and <laughs> ran over him. You know what I mean? Like ran into him. Like well, but like hard. Well, but yeah, because well, he, he flew into the the, the bleachers, the, the seats behind him, you know, along their wall there, and I fell on the floor, and the referee came over there and blew the whistle. And, man, he didn't want to call what he had to call, but he said – Technical foul, you know, coach oh, on the floor. Man. And Jimmy Guy was standing over me. He he, he he cared a lot about me, you know what I mean, as a player. Sure. we had a really good relationship. But
1: that was a heads up play on your part. Yeah, because it was you, a close you, game. You and I, knew yeah, it. yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I, I knew the play. It's almost like dragging a person over you to, like, draw a foul, you know? Right. But when I ran into him, he looked me on the floor and he said, I'll get out of your damn way in a minute. You forgot whose gym this is. And I looked up at him and I thought, man, this guy's about to choke me out. <laughs> <laughs> we won the game, and it was a close game. And afterwards, we were shaking hands. And he didn't say anything like to me, like, good game. He just shook my hand because he was m- upset. Not because I would pulled something dirty, because I pulled something smart. smart. And he met me in the – you know, when after the game, you kind of trickle into the gym. And you're yeah. getting ready to get on the bus. And he came over to me. He goes, I've been coaching this gym blank, blank, blank years. He said, that's one of the top two or three smartest things I've ever seen in this gym. And I was like, man, I appreciate
1: it. It makes you feel good right yeah. there for a guy like that to say and something. And he said, like
0: I'm gonna, he said, and we played them about four times every year and he said, I'm gonna kick your ass in two weeks. <laughs> Ultimate Jimmy Guy fashion. And he did. And he did. <laughs> and he did. He came out there and boxed a woman and I couldn't get a shot off. So anyway, yeah. that was fun. But, what a dude. But man. that was my Jimmy Guy stories. And then, you know, shout out shout out to him for the legacy he left and he he will be missed for sure. For Beautiful.
1: sure, man, no doubt.
0: And I guess one more thing real quick before we move on to Christmas talk. Lane trains in Oxford.
1: Choo choo. Uh I'll
0: just say this. Um, even though signing day came and went, and it was a little bit of a transition year, I'm really excited about the uh, the the direction of the program. Ole Miss finally stood up and made a big boy hire. It might blow up in their face. It might. It might. But that is a risk you got to take. And it was this hire is the exact opposite of what was going on with Matt Luke. There is excitement. There is money. There are renewals for season tickets, and um, it's uh, it's an exciting time in Oxford, and I, I really look forward to how the spring develops. Yeah, sure. I'm glad that Grant Tisdale did not leave, and the quarterback room looks like it's actually going to be full.
1: Yeah, and you just you just got a guy committed that you didn't think you were going to get. Yeah, gotta uh, think his name Renf-
0: Cade Renfro. Cade Renfro
1: from yeah. Texas, uh, yeah. Stevensville High School. Yeah, so I mean, well known high school.
0: Yeah, they're a big football p- player in that area for sure. But uh, what do you think about it as a state guy?
1: I, I, you know, you know, I always kind of look at things from a unbiased perspective. I'm not scared. Uh and you shouldn't I, be. I mean, but I but I will say this. Yeah. I am okay with Ole Miss fans being excited about this hire. They deserve to be. Because this is the first time in a while, quite a while, that this is a big enough a splash for Ole Miss for something positive. Yeah,
0: this is the biggest splash we've ever made. hundred percent You came here from Arkansas State right, and, and you know and that was kind of an expected thing. Oh he's gonna be the coach one day. I mean, this thing. Like, if you told me in two thousand nine, Lane Kevin's going to be your coach before the year twenty twenty, I might have told you to kiss my ass. I mean, that's just kind of the way I was thinking about it. It was a big surprise, man. Yeah, for sure. But I'm glad you're not scared of. It. You shouldn't no, be. I,
1: well, but you know, I, you know, there's a lot of people, and I'm always skeptical about any hire or for any school, because I just try to look at it as a, you know, not glass half full or glass half empty, but just as a modest approach. You know what I mean? Like, just as you know, yeah, this may blow up in Ole Miss's face, but it may be the thing that they needed. You know, yeah. it, it, you know. In other words, I think it's Ole Miss's way of saying we want to win big time. Yeah. And this is a guy we think we can do it. We know that they're, you know, we know that it, it may not be a home run, but we're swinging for one. Yeah. And you know, and it, you know, you, you gotta do that in today's SEC, man. And I get, I get it. Would so you, like, I'm okay with yeah,
0: it. Yeah. I mean, as a as a fan, as a human, would you rather spend three years with a solid five? Or do you really get six months with a ten? Well, and let me Give say me six this months too, with a ten. As far know? as Lane's concerned. There's a lot of people,
1: right when he got hired, specifically state fans really, that were like, Oh, I can't believe y'all, you know, y'all are crazy for that. It's like the guy has never really done anything that like would get you fired anywhere, I don't no, think. No, no. But the one thing that he has done that I guess would make anybody skeptical was he's kind of fallen upward. Yeah. You know, he, he didn't do well in the NFL. Well, neither did Nick Saban or Steve Spurrier. He was in a weird situation with the and Raiders, And, you know, he, he spent one year at Tennessee. But the guy has proven that he is a good football coach. He comes from a good football background. You know, I, I think – I mean, if I'm an Ole Miss fan, I'm excited as they are right now.
0: I give him a pass with the Raiders because he was young and he was under the Al Davis regime with the Raiders. That was tough uh, to I get win. it, man. Uh, no, anybody was yeah. tough to do that. T- Tennessee, I mean, he was – I think he was destined to do good stuff there. I do too. USC was kind of his outlier. That was weird. That he, was really yeah, weird. Yeah, like I think, I think he was in a weird spot. Sure. I think – the pl- The program was in a weird I spot. I think he
1: would probably even admit to this day, man. I wasn't ready for that kind of job. That's Mm-mm. a top five job in college football. Yeah. But his name got in there. His His dad was his DC, who had been a legendary defensive. He was you know. over the hill. But you know, I I I think it's a good hire, man. I really do. And I agree. And now, I'm not going to sit here and crown him. I'm not going to sit here and down him. Uh, but just like. As I get older, and you get older, and we all get older, I think you realize, man, let's just wait and see what yeah. happens. Well, I'm, you know?
0: ex- I'm excited. Already got him in some Blue Delta jeans. Pretty good time. He came into town. He'd been hanging out in Boca. All you got man. down there is Bermuda shorts and <laughs> khakis, and he, he wanted some good-fitting pants, and we hooked him up. And uh, uh, Like you just said, I'm, I, I'm I'm hoping for big things. I'm expecting big things, and, and um, I think he's going to do a good job. It's one of those kind of things. If he's gone in two years for a better job, that means he has done a, he's really, done a really good, good job. job. Two years ago, There's no way he can bolt for a better job from Ole Miss unless he's done a good job, and That's I hope Ole Miss fans right. get that. He's not going to go five and six and then go to Texas. And go to Texas. No, Herman. I mean if he's eleven and one, he's there. If he's ten and two, if he's nine and three, cool. Yeah. Okay, we'll go hire the next guy, but at least yeah. we're in a good spot. So
1: I, I agree, man. I, I don't. I think that uh, you know, like like we've talked about in the past. I hope. That for Ole Miss fans' sake, you know, at least my friends that are Ole Miss fans, the tempered expectations from the fan base can be just that. You know, just to say, look, you know, I don't want people to think that this guy's supposed to come in and win 10 games because he's Lane Kiffin. Right. This is not Florida Atlantic. You know what I mean? I mean, it's it's easy to go – I'm not saying it's easy, but it's easier – to have immediate success at a Florida Atlantic. Yeah, a few, you got Florida recruits at your disposal. A few good
0: players, a good junior college transfer that 100%. might have come down from an Auburn or Alabama. And his and
1: name attracts guys yeah. that Florida Atlantic normally wouldn't get. You'll see them And that's Conference
0: USA, right? Yeah. 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 I mean,
1: you, you'll see them take a dip because yeah. of what he did there. But I say that to say, you know, let the guy – you know, it, I think for the long run, if Lane is going to be the guy and he's going to be really good – Ole Miss may need a six and six and then a seven and five and then mm-hmm. maybe an eight and four because then it may keep him around a little longer. Saban was to build seven you and five to, his
0: first year. Uh, Saban was five and seven. Five and seven. That's lost right. Lost a Groom. Yeah. And you lost know. a little La Monroe or, mm-hmm. or something crazy like that. Yeah, no, mm-hmm. that's right. It was five and
1: seven. So you know, it's Rome's not built in a day. I hope that Ole Miss fans give this guy a chance. Uh I think that Ole Miss has got some really good coaches on, on, on campus now. You know the Bianco and Davis, and I mean it's it's. I think the athletic the, department's the, the in the right basketball
0: direction. coach is doing a better job. Coach Yo doing percent. Keith Carter, I'm I'm excited about him. Um, good things happening at Ole Miss right now. The, 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 you're right. I agree. And before we move on, you did say one thing right there that it, it, you're 100 percent right, but it does scare me. Rome wasn't built in a day. But it can fall in a day. It can. So that it can. that is. The, but that, that's anywhere. That's anywhere. That's the, that's the that's the uh, the thin line we choose to toe at Ole Miss right now because we got to. Yeah, we got to. But I, I always like your perspective on that because man, you're level headed. Sure. And you are a big time state fan, but you can look at it as a sports observer and be totally yeah, I'm biased. Yeah, I'm
1: not stupid. You know, like, I, I'm not just, like, going to be the state fan that says, oh, well, he'll be going in two years. If he's gone in two years, that's bad news for state. Yes. Because man. that means you probably lost two in a row and in probably a row. have lost recruits because of it. Yeah, you so better be you know. making a good hire then.
0: You yeah. know. Um, and real quick before we move on, James Wiseman, farewell. We hardly knew you. Man. Moving right along. I
1: saw that, man. I wondered about that. Man, you know, he. he Is, I, I want your take on this. Was this. Do you. Who's at fault here? That's, that's really what I want, want, to, want to kind of – because I keep man, wrapping my head around there, it.
0: There are three sides at fault, four sides at fault, and they all kind of all in the same thing. I think – man, and I hate to say this about my university that I root for, but I have a feeling that Penny and staff knew there were eligibility issues possibly with Wiseman. I don't know if they were totally forthcoming with James and them because they thought they had to get him on campus. He was the linchpin of this entire recruiting class. Like everybody came to play because they wanted to play with the number one player in the draft. And I feel like the Memphis staff is there's a small blame there. Because if sure they knew that yeah. he was probably ineligible, they should have should have advised him right off the bat, go pro. Like right. go play overseas, don't come here. Just they should have done them right off the bat. So I think Memphis could be a little bit to blame. You know what I mean? Uh secondly, uh I think the NCAA is to blame. For these archaic, oh, antiquated rules to put him in this position. I will
1: tell you the thing: when they didn't punch punish North Carolina for the academics, it set a standard. You know what basketball? Yeah. we don't care.
0: Their inaccuracies, their yeah. uh, their their inconsistencies, they're a little bit to blame. Um, thirdly, uh, I think whoever is in the Wiseman clan is to blame, whether it be agree. whether it be uh, influencer agents, people like that. Uh, they're that they are the twenty five percent. You know to blame there uh, as well. And the other 25%, and people aren't really going to think about this. I think the injury to Cole Anthony at North Carolina had something to do with this. He's out four to six weeks. He was going to be a top four pick. He's having surgery. People look at this and go, James, you've already set out 12 games. You know what I mean? You're going to be a top three pick right now if you don't touch a basketball between now and July. And make millions of dollars. So why don't you just go ahead and do it? It did catch Memphis by surprise. But once he decided what he was going to do, Penny decided, "Hey, man, we're going to help you. Like, you know, yeah. you know,
1: we're going to, you know, oddly enough, and you'll get a, you'll get a kick out of this. You know what this reminds me of? What's that? The movie Blue Chips. Blue Chips. When yeah. Nick Nolte
0: helps Penny and his mother move
1: into their house, Put and the guy Ray. from Arlis yeah, his yeah. nuts, man. But yeah, I always, I, as soon as I heard it, I was like, you know what? They didn't know this when they made that movie in nineteen ninety four, but it's a little bit of foreshadowing. For sure, for sure. <laughs> but Memphis is still gonna be fine. But they'll be okay. got really good players. But but
0: here the the national championship talk is kinda gone though. But sure. you're looking you know now you want to get to a sweet sixteen, maybe as you're but but all those four entities are to blame. But I would like to speak really fast on James Wiseman himself. Here's my thinking. Too many people are looking out for themselves. And I think that's the problem. Everybody is worried about me. They're worried about number one. Oh, yeah. And I understand there are millions of dollars at stake. I totally get it. And people are going to say, Brian, you're dumb. And I am an old school guy, but I'm not old school to the fact that it's got to be militant and you do this stuff. Blah, blah, blah. But here's the thing. I mean, he made a commitment to that coaching staff, yeah, to that university, and to his players and friends. I mean, these are guys that he – he played high school basketball 100%. with Alex Lomax and Ryan Boyce. And DJ and, Jeffries. And, like, he played A.U. Hey, Ball with DJ Jeffries and all these things. You know, like – Man, you, when you make a commitment to, to your coach, your your friends, your mentor, and your boys, you honor that. I'm just going to be honest. Like, if you got to sit out 12 games, you sit out 12 games and you finish it. Like you, I'm, I'm just being real. Like, when he came to Memphis, he should have stuck this year out. I mean, him him and Cole Anthony play a different kind of game. I know freak things happen. But who's to say he doesn't get hurt in a, a workout? Like, oh,
1: man, you could get hurt walking. I used to class. always
0: tell Vandiver all the time. And my dad, too. I was like, man, we don't need these guys playing on Sunday. We don't need these guys playing pickup ball at the park on Tuesday. And we got a game on a Friday. Say, man, they're playing ball. are like, right. gonna if we don't let them play in our gym, they're gonna find somewhere. They're gonna find somewhere to and play. And maybe more sketchy. Yeah. So and maybe against like grown men who don't yeah, care. Or yeah. Not exactly. But, but my thing about James is like, man, you, you sign up to do something, you do it. You know, this isn't like you're playing park rec basketball sure. and you can just quit. Like, there's millions of dollars at stake by the university. I mean, I can't tell you how many. M- Literal millions of dollars that Penny and the university spent on James Wiseman visits, or visits for other kids that were there because of James Wiseman. It's just a bad look on his party's behalf. That's just my. I thinking.
1: agree, and I, uh, I've got to ask you this: two questions regarding that. One specifically, because, do you think the same way about James Wiseman not finishing out as you do guys sitting out bowl games?
0: No. No, because well, I'm probably going to agree with you. Tell me why. Well, first of all, football is a very combative and physical sport. Agree. Like, like, and football is one of those things. If you're not 100 percent geared up to go for it, you will get hurt.
1: If you think you're going to get hurt, you're going to get hurt. Yeah, basketball is just right. different. Yeah, people
0: aren't tackling you. They're not diving at your knees. They're most not- of the basketball injuries are like. Coming down wrong on your foot off a rebound. Yeah, like dumb dumb stuff or, you know, like stupid. Yeah, like not contact injuries. I mean, that's just the way it is. Um, So, yeah, I mean, that's just kind of my thing. Like, uh, I don't feel the same there because it's just a different game. The mentality is different. And those bowl games are played. Weeks after the last game, uh-huh. you've been at the training That's table exactly eating right. and stuff, and you're like not in that mode. No, basketball is a year-round sport. You're exactly right. I mean, right. football—you don't tackle. You're not tackling in, in February and March. No, you're working out you're basketball. Not. You're always running, you're hooping, you're shooting, you're defending. Like yeah. it's just—it's just one of those things. And I, I, I do—I do not feel the same. i, f- I mean. Well, I, I say that to say that I am proud of Kylin Hill for playing in, in the bowl game. For, for December, sure, because he's fifty
1: yards shy the single. Now I prefer him to record. play in
0: the bowl game. Don't get me no, wrong, oh, but I understand, yeah, of course, I understand. But you understand when they don't. Yeah, I understand. And then, um, and sometimes those guys are through with college too in December. That's right. That's they are. Exactly. They've graduated. They've graduated, and their draft is early. You know. What Let I mean?
1: me say this too, and and I bring up this. This is kind of a an, second another question, yeah, mo- moot point. I, I saw this tweet the other day, and, I, you know, anytime you see a tweet that's, like, factual or stats-based, you always kind of question it. Right. NBA ratings are considerably down mm-hmm. compared to football, college football. Yeah, NFL, college football, other stuff, primetime TV. What do you think the reasoning is?
0: The Warriors are bad. Okay. KD's out, and LeBron's playing for a team that doesn't play till 1030 at night.
1: This is like okay yeah because uh, I I mean
0: if the Lakers played at seven o'clock
1: and here's the thing I, I watch don't them? watch it mm-hmm. much but obviously I mean it's, I mean my schedule doesn't allow me to I don't like it as much as you know I used to like watching right. it like you know because we're about to get into Christmas I bring this up one of my favorite things well I'll ju- I'll just save the it Christmas because Day I want I want to get yeah I'll, I'll save it for that but but we'll bring it up but it, that's an interesting when we get into some basketball talk yeah. here in the next couple podcasts I I want to dive into this a little
0: bit. I think the Lakers playing late hurts and also basketball. Has turned into a similar game as baseball about fifteen years ago. Agreed. You didn't have to watch baseball; you just watch baseball tonight. And, and you can see everything. And you can see the web gems and everything. Basketball yeah. Basketball's the same way. God, I can, miss baseball. I can just watch NBA TV and get five minutes of highlights and dunks, all the analytics and dunks. And that's beaters, it. Yeah. Who
1: did something crazy? Yeah.
0: Basket, because let's be real, pro basketball the stars is a that are a game. that are on the floor
1: right now, outside of obviously LeBron and AD, and on the West Coast. I mean, most. You know, it's, it brings a good point up, Brian. So many stars on the West Coast now. You got Kawhi with the Clippers. You, you, there's, there's just so many teams out there to talk about that don't play till late. You're An, right.
0: Another reason, two, the last two reasons I think the ratings are down. Ratings were so big in the 80s and 90s because adult males, our dads in their 30s, were watching We're basketball. watching it. Maybe young 40s, yeah. uh, upper 20s, were watching it. Now, those guys are older and they're in their 60s and they're not watching it like they used to. But you got our generation, yeah, who are those same age? We weren't into it as much as our dads. I mean, you and I were, but we had other things going on. Nintendo. 100%. We had soccer was coming becoming big, and there's right. volleyball, and like there were other sports that kind of came to fruition. And e gaming. And now the even younger generation, like our kids, the kids we teach in high school, the kids we coach, man, they don't know anything. If you're not Steph Curry or a top five name, that's right. They don't know that. So like that's what I'm saying. Like the attention span. Has lessened, uh, has gotten smaller. You're right. And the fans who were there 20 years ago are just don't care. I mean, they just they just they they're past that. They, you, have, you're they don't have absolutely
1: right, man. And I, I, you know, I always just I'd give anything for it to get back to what it was. You know, like I, I'm just going to be honest with you. I, I have YouTube TV, so like whenever I cut my app on on my my bedroom TV it pulls up whatever the three top sporting events are on. So I always click on the first one, and it's usually the the primetime NBA game when I get home. And I watched about eight minutes of Rockets, and it was the game that Harden and somebody got into it. Uh, It was a couple of nights ago. But the whole eight minutes, Brian, about five of them were Harden shooting free throws. Mm -hmm. And the other three were just like, well, sloppy, ba- just that, jacked up threes that didn't go in. That, I was like, I can't watch this. that. Was going to
0: be my last and tip. I cut it to
1: Gonzaga in North Carolina.
0: That was going to kind of be my last point. Um, the two things I think that turn off people that watch basketball are the style of play right now, yeah, and social media. And here's yeah. what I mean: um, my dad, God rest his soul, wasn't on Twitter, but he heard all the news and everything that was going on, sports. and the real sports and news and everything. And he was not the most PC guy, but. If he were to hear things like LeBron and them were saying or KD and them say yeah. about the world around us, um, he would probably be like, I ain't watching them clowns. You know what I mean? Like, they have a platform and they can say what they sure. want. But, I mean, I don't I don't watch the TV to hear what they have to say. You know what I mean? Like, And I'm not saying whether that's right or wrong. Right. I'm just saying that generation is kind of like that. It's the same thing with the football. Sure. Like I quit watching the NFL because people were kneeling. Well, they're back to watching the NFL. Now. Yeah, and basketball is the same way. When you know it's cyclical, but that's what I'm saying. Like social media and style of play are turning off an older generation. Agree. And there's the younger generation's got to keep keep up. Keep up. I that's mean, right. The, the their, basketball has more fans now than ever, but they have less watchers.
1: That's right. That's a good that's a good way. Of putting I mean, it, people
0: know who Steph Curry and LeBron are more so than Lamar Jackson and Ezekiel Elliott. But they're gonna watch the game on Sunday. You're Absolutely right. Yeah, you know, I mean it's just the way it is. Absolutely so they can right. keep up with basketball on, on the internet. Yeah, you know, I mean that's just that's, that's, that's just my point. thinking. So, but moving on from sports, man, it's a holly jolly Christmas season.
1: Chestnuts roasting on an open fire, Jack Frost nipping at your
0: nose. It's only Robert Goulet over there. <laughs> <laughs> Goulet. So really,
1: really cool. Before we jump into this my piano teacher, Miss Lisa Rish. You, you still the lessons? I'm, yeah. Okay, okay. I'm actually glad to like admit this to people now, man, because I, I, she is so great. I have so much fun with her in my little 30-minute lesson every Wednesday night. Of course, I didn't get to go tonight because we had soccer, but I'll double up after the semester when we start back next semester. For sure, yeah. But for the first like Eight or nine lessons we did. I was really in the book trying to learn the music. And that's one thing I really, really appreciate about Miss Lisa is she don't just let me, all right, pick a song and let's try to play it. She makes me learn the, you know, I'm learning the keys and the chords and, yeah. the flat and the terminology, and it's really helping me grasp it later. I hate it while we're doing it, but I really get into it now that I've, I'm going to tell you what I'm going to tell you. So my last lesson last Wednesday night, uh, she said, okay, we're in our last two weeks. I want you to see some progression. I said, okay, cool. She said, do you have a song that you want to learn? I said, like, oh, Miss Lisa, I got a ton I want to learn. I just don't know if I'm ready for them yet. And she's
0: like, well, I got some that you are. Can, you, can we sh- learn Maybe I'm Amazed by Wings <laughs> tonight? <laughs> maybe I'm <laughs> Amazed by the-
1: Dude. <laughs> I need to put that on my list. Dude, I'm so sorry. I'm eating on TV.
0: Oh, that's the, yeah. Yeah. They got a video of uh, McKinley's. Uh, and there's our good players, with man. It's night. so cool. Out, by the way, out there, there's there's Coach, uh, yeah, I know him. and I know Coach he, Fleming the, and the, Scott w- Fleming. The, there's yeah. Brandon Woodruff. Holy cow. So the, that the McKin- random. M- McKinley had this event the other night. It was a banquet for the uh, Tupelo 49er uh, baseball club, the, the legion uh, the legion down here that he coaches. And Brandon Woodruff was one of the inductees to the Hall of Fame. And Coach Skeeter. Fleming. Fleming was the other inductee. Yeah, Skeeter Fleming. Yeah. So, uh, and now they're showing it. There's McKinley. Ha, <laughs> ha. He's on TV. Hey, Look good in my suit, man. How many cameras they got on you? Co- camera adds a couple <laughs> hundred pounds. <laughs> no, that's funny. Yeah, that's awesome. I hate they didn't get my good side, but it's okay. Anyway, that was <laughs> awesome to see you on that's TV. That's cool. Anyway, but what were we talking? What about?
1: I was I, what I was saying is Miss Lisa, and she said I want you to have fun these last couple All weeks because right. I know you've been really, really trying hard to get better at this. So. I've got some Christmas songs, and if you're not familiar with piano, that we're going to play in middle C. Mm-hmm. And middle C is just where you start as a beginner. It's right, right in the middle right of the, the keyboard middle, yeah. where the name of the, the piano Jingle is. Jingle bells. I learned and can now play in middle C, start to finish, Silent Night. Really? So I was at work the other day, and, of course, I, I was so excited. Miss Lisa could see it on my face. She's like, I am so proud of you. First, it's, it's good to see you not frustrated because I was sitting there, and she's like, you want to sing, don't you? I was like, yeah, but I'm like, not going to. I just I just want to be able to play and you would be proud of that and let me go into Christmas break happy <laughs> about this with a positive attitude about piano lessons. So, but the other day I got I let I was the last one at the funeral home and we've got like 100 pianos in there. And I said, "You know what? I ain't got to be home just yet. I'm going to go back, cut the lights on in the chapel and we got a nice, you know, like funeral baby grand piano." Right, in there. yeah. And I cut the microphone on and I just let it eat on Silent Night, and I was—I did the Aaron Neville version. I did, <laughs> dude, it was so cool. So whenever I get a chance, I want you to—I I, want to—I want you to come out there and let me play. Silent I'll pay night money season. to hear that Aaron Neville version. I'll
0: pay money to let me sing it with you, <laughs> please, man. And I can record it in the funeral home too. That's what's so awesome. I'm down with that. <laughs> Holy night, <laughs> which leads me to my guess, my my next points, since it is the holiday season. What is your favorite Christmas song? Like to to hear and to sing? There's there's two of you for okay. you. Okay. Don't okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Call it cliche. I I like, don't get me wrong, I think the best Christmas album ever put out, just because I love her voice, is Mariah Carey in her prime. Mm-hmm. Her Christmas album. And my favorite song because of that is not All I Want for Christmas is you. That's very very cliche. Right. But her version of Oh Holy Night, just, I'm telling you, I don't know why I'm Brian, but I get chills when I hear it. I just think it's that good. And I, I, I know it's weird, but, and there, I, I like Christmas music. Right. Actually, like, I really like I Christmas like, music.
0: I like the Christmas music that I like, I really like. It, yeah. yeah, that's a good way of putting it. But man, and, and like, not too early. Uh, yeah, now, a, week, a week before.
1: Yeah, right. I, I'm, you know, Getting into the Christmas spirit, as we speak. Yeah. But, yeah, man. Mariah Carey, oh, holy night, man. like, she, she is a world-class no- singer. When she hits that note, you know, nobody can do it. And I'm like, oh, my God. There's a human being on this planet. There's a, there's one human being on this planet that can do what she did on that note. And it's her. It's her.
0: That just blows my mind. And she was married to Nick Cannon. She was for some reason. <laughs> anyway, so that's your favorite. All right. That's it. Um, man, I have... I'll say this, my favorite album is, uh, and I'm a weirdo, but I'm a huge fan of the Bella Fleck and the Flecktones Jingle All the Way instrumental album. They take your favorite songs, yeah. they play them with all their instruments. I'm just a big fan of, of that genre of music. It's kind of new grass, bluegrass, sure. new wave stuff. But it's really good. It's it's almost like um, elevator music on steroids. You know what I mean? So I'm a yeah. big fan of it. But my favorite of all the like traditional songs and i am it's specific i prefer the temptations version aka the california raisins version of rudolph the red nosed reindeer from the claymation christmas wow the temptations I did not version of that. rudolph the red is so good hey rudolph with your like the nose so <laughs> yeah it's so good <laughs> man but yeah that that that's that's where i'm at and uh there's one i don't like hit me with it i Man, I, I, by the way, I like Feliz Navidad by I Jose Feliciano. That's a that's a fun song.
1: Prospero año and Feliz uh,
0: <laughs> I don't know if that's what it is. It but says that's uh, what I Prospero always say. año, which means a good year, a prosperous year, a good year, and I think prosperous e, year, yeah, and e felicidad or something like that, which On a Christmas, yeah, year, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like it, but uh, I tell you what I like about that song is they they
1: they, they it's bilingual. Yeah, because they they are like it's okay, Spanglish. This is yeah, it's Spanish. And then he
0: goes. <laughs> I want I love I that. Good. I'll tell you a funny story. <laughs> one time in July, I was in Nashville. It was a hot July day, and I went to one of those karaoke bars. And there was a Mexican construction crew in there. Oh my gosh. And there was a short Hispanic man singing "Feliz Navidad" in July. That song's too good to play one <laughs> time <so> a year. <laughs> <laughs> it's a year round. That's <laughs> <laughs> so good. Yeah, but um, the, the the two I don't li- I don't like two songs. I don't like. Uh, I don't like All I Want for Christmas is You by Vince Vance and the Valiants. All I want for Christmas. I don't don't really like that one. And I guess call it what you will, whatever, I do not like the song Silver Bells. In any capacity, I don't know why. It's kind of
1: a depressing song.
0: Yeah, it's like I, I don't get where it's Christmas. I mean, I get it's like, it's
1: Christmas time
0: Silver. in the Silver city band. That's,
1: that's, that's yeah. weird it, yeah, That's it's, a good point it, it, I
0: just don't like that song It's just weird to me but, but I mean all the other ones man I'll tell
1: you one that I like That we haven't mentioned Trans-Siberian Orchestra The the home alone But like if you've ever heard the It may be Metallica or yeah, somebody And they yeah. do it And it's the hard rock version I love that man like if we played over Christmas in soccer, I would want to play that and run out with
0: it. Like that sure. be
1: banging. I'm gonna tell our PA guy, Bill Mims. I'm a big fan of, I'm a big fan
0: of the Friday. Muppets, Twelve Days of Christmas. Also the uh, Jeff Foxworthy Redneck Days, days. I love Skrits, that. four Big Mud tires, three shotgun shells, two mutton dogs. <laughs> it's a part to a Mustang G T. And a part to a Mustang G T. Well I I guess that will <laughs> I guess that kinda man, kinda say you know, we go from music to, to movies, man. What's your favorite Christmas movies?
1: Okay. Uh, (laughs) I've got a couple, but... Oh, yeah, I mean I could go for days on this. Oh, man, this is cheesy. I feel like a teenage girl. I love two. In this realm of it, I guess you'd say Christmas dramedies. Mm -hmm. I love The Family Stone. Okay. uh, Three, really. I love The Family Stone. I love Love Actually. And I love... uh, uh, Oh, gosh, I'm losing it. Uh, The one where they go... uh, Queen the holiday, savers, last holiday. The Holiday. Is that Jack Black the Holiday? Jack Black the Holiday. I love I, those three. I love yeah. them. Anytime they're on, I watch them.
0: Yeah, okay. Is Cameron Diaz in that? She is. Okay. Uh,
1: Kate Winslet, Jack Black, Cameron Diaz, and Jude Law.
0: That's right.
1: Best looking man on the planet. One
0: of these things is not like the other Jack Black.
1: Yes. Yeah, <laughs>
0: Kate Winslet is so hot in that movie. It's Jack the hottest Black,
1: Kate Winslet's ever been. Jack Jack, Black not even
0: hope. Jack Black gives hope to all of us portly funny guys. <laughs>
1: You know? But that's such a cool storyline. You know, they, they they get the guy up and moving and he gets the award at the Screen Actors Guild. That's love those movies,
0: man. Yeah. Uh my favorite is Scrooged. That's so good. Bill Murray. So I good. love Scrooged. Classic. And another favorite of mine, and man, I'm just a big fan of it. Ernest Saves Christmas. <laughs> Dude, my friend Bud Holman just sharded himself. He loves that film so bad. It's so bad. good. It's, so, it's good. so good.
1: I'll tell you, and, and I love the Home Alones.
0: I, yeah, I, I do. I mean, just Home Alone One's great. Home Alone Two's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, they're good stuff. I
1: love Home Alone Two simply because they're they reference Trump in it all the time because yeah. he's at the he tells him where the bathroom is. But no, um, I, I wanted tell you to one be Kevin McCallister when I was overrated. a kid. I love It's a Wonderful Life. Yeah, I do. I think it's a great story.
0: Um but I prefer it to Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street. I do too. A lot.
1: I'll tell you one and I, I, I Brian, I, I may be in the wrong here and I'm probably in the wrong nationally. I think the most overrated Christmas
0: movie is Christmas Vacation. I'm gonna give you the second most overrated one. You're right. It is uh, the most I mean, one.
1: I like it, I'll watch it, but like I'm just not like blown away with yeah, it. I'm cool. like, it's funny. But like I think <laughs> once you see it a time or two, you're like, okay.
0: Well, my thing about Christmas films is they don't have to be funny. If I want to watch a comedy, I'll go rent a I'll comedy. I watch a comedy. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I mean, when we're talking funny Christmas films, they ain't no competition. Bad Santa is the funniest. Oh my god! <laughs> like it's not even close. If you say Christmas Vacation <laughs> is the funniest Christmas movie of all time, you are obviously a Baptist who sits on the front row and does not drink wine. I mean, I'm just yeah. being real. Like
1: it's it's very very easy to say Christmas Vacation. I'm a fresh. Baptist
0: who sits on the back row and does drink wine, so I watch Bad Santa. I'm there just throwing know. that out there.
1: I think yeah. there's a, a big. Percentage of people out there that have seen Bad Santa that won't tell people they've seen Bad Santa. I'm not one of them. You're not one
0: of them. No, I'll tell you all about it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. It's so
0: good. Um, Elf's overrated. Agree. A little goofy for me.
1: I like uh, uh, Jingle All the Way. Sinbad and Arnold Schwarzenegger. I've They're never seen it. For the toy. <laughs> I've never oh, seen dude. it.
0: By it. the way, I will show you. I will tell you this. I saw a movie the other night on TV, Showtime. Maybe I think it's Movie Channel actually. Direct TV. It was a uh, Jingle All the Way Two. I hadn't seen that one. Starring Larry the Cable Guy. Wow. <laughs> you can imagine how not good it is. Oh, I can really imagine. It, it did not get her done. I'm not going to lie to you. It was pretty lousy. Um, but Yeah, uh, I was never the biggest, biggest fan of the uh, the Santa Claus films. I guess I was a little too old for those with Tim Allen, even though I thought Tim Allen was great. Uh, one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life, though, and I want to put this out there for the listening public before we move along. Uh... Man, I got to tell you another Christmas song, "Hard Candy Christmas" by Dolly Parton. Ooh, it's not even really a Christmas that's song. That's not a mainstream hard. Yeah, that's but good like, stuff. It, it's the it, only reason it's Christmas is because she says it's a hard candy Christmas. But all she does is talk about the things she wants to change or do. She's like, maybe I'll cut my hair. Dude, maybe I. Will. That's a good call. That's a good song. "Alabama Christmas" and "Dixie" another another. Well, one that's I the love. best Christmas song of all time. I love it. That is that's I mean I, I was it. wrong earlier when I talked about the California that's raisins. That's
1: so good. That's when I'm making a point to listen to. I,
0: that song is so good that the first time I hear it every year, it gets me in the Christmas spirit more so than anything. Okay, And it's one of those songs that I hear and I uncontrollably water at the eyeballs. Nice. You know what I'm talking about? Like it's just, Real maybe moment. down in Memphis, grasslands all in lights. I mean, it's just, Ooh. it's, Yeah. And all around, <laughs> there's peace on earth. Man, I love it, but it, it's, it's, it's good. I, it gets it really gets me in the Christmas spirit. Um, but I was going to say, the funniest thing, that however, one of the things I remember watching at Christmas was the uh, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia Christmas special. Have you ever seen it? Are you an Always Sunny fan? If you're,
1: I, I got into it in college, and I kind of dropped off. Well, I, it was funny. It was f- for the
0: listening public, make sure you go watch the very first It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia Christmas special. And do me a favor, don't let your kids see it. But when you watch it, uh, hit me back up on Twitter and let me know what you think about it. It's pretty good, for sure, for <laughs> sure. But, uh, yeah, I'm glad we got those things covered. And I guess talking about movies kind of segues into our next thing because people watch certain films every year. Like, my family always watch The Wizard of Oz during Christmas, even though it's not a Christmas film. We always watch certain other things. We do certain other things every year. So what are some Christmas traditions that you and your family do?
1: Okay. So I've told you this before, uh, how I got our menu for Christmas for holidays. Yeah, um, taking so a dump. Taking a dump, reading Southern Living, and giving it to my mom. Uh, this year, uh, it's actually we're doing Saturday because my mom and sister and niece and nephew are going out to Colorado to see my sister. Okay. Uh, Ashley moved to Colorado a couple years ago. So she comes She comes home for Thanksgiving, and her and her husband Matt will go see the families mm-hmm. for one, and then they'll, they'll skip the next one just because of travel costs and then the next year they'll either, you know, they'll stay at home for Thanksgiving and then come back Christmas. So they're going to see her this year. Um, but that's kind of turned into a tradition just because we're all kind of scattered out. But this Saturday we're doing a breakfast. Okay. Um, will you be gone this Saturday? Yeah, you're leaving. I will be. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, man, I'd love to the, the mountains. to have you. Man. My, to my mom is freezing me a breakfast casserole. Okay. So the next time you're – it's just an oven away. I'm down with that. So I'll cut you a slice. Only one oven away. I like that. <laughs> um, but, man, Christmas season for me has changed dramatically. When I was teaching school, you know, everything kind of always – when you have your staff Christmas party, the faculty Christmas party, and, you know, the kids come dressed up as, you know, with their tacky sweaters and you go into Christmas parties, that always got kind of got me in the mood for Christmas and then, like – when we would play our last soccer game, we'd look at the boys and say, "All right, guys, y'all take a couple of days off. We'll see you back after the break. Y'all have a merry Christmas." You know, be, I always think about stuff like that when you know, like when I think about Christmas. But one of the most like memorable things that I ever, me and my second my not my oldest sister Ashley, but my sister Emily, we actually live a mile away, but we hardly ever see each other just because of our work schedules. And I, you know, we need to see more of each other. But I remember about five or six years ago. We went out to my parents' house, and we just stayed out there simply because we didn't want to get up and drive at 7 o'clock in the morning, eat breakfast, and watch kids open Christmas presents, Yada yada yada. But we sat on the couch, 2 o'clock in the morning, Christmas Eve, actually, and uh, we watched Pirate Radio. Okay. And it was so cool. Philip Seymour Hoffman? Philip Seymour Hoffman, yeah. But... I always remember that. That was one of my favorites. But my family in specific, and that we've stopped doing it because it's just, as, as we've all gotten older, and my parents' friends have gotten older, considerably older. Some of them are not even with us anymore. Um, my parents always used to throw a Christmas breakfast on Christmas Eve, Eve morning. So the okay. 23rd. 23rd. We always, always used to do that. But it's just gotten tougher over the years, so they don't do it anymore. Uh, you know, there's more kids of our family involved now, so it's just harder to keep up with them and, you know, host guests. But that was always something that I really enjoyed because it was one of the things where my parents would say, all right, everybody gets to invite their friends and our whole family entirely. So, like, it would be like my dad's side of the family, my mom's side of the family, they'd all come. Have like, 50 people there. Oh, sometimes 100. Oh, wow. But, like, my dad's friends, my mom's friends, my friends, my sister's friends. You know, like, it was just it was cool, man. We always – always loved that because you had to get the house clean and like my mom i remember my mom coming to get me up at like six like all right get up we got we got guests coming in right now my dad's like yeah you tell everybody out there parking cars in 15 minutes I'm like dude i ain't even showered yet man and like as i got older i got tireder and tireder of it but i always enjoyed the morning once i came to and had coffee and talked to all these people i hadn't seen in a while but that was always that was always kind of like my cue that christmas is here i guess you'd yeah. say that's really cool. cool though i like that
0: well i growing up my mother and Mother and father were divorced, so in my younger years, so my mom and I lived with my grandma in Memphis, and I always remember um, on Christmas Eve, my grandma Miss, uh, my Grandma Loach would have her side of the family come over, and it was all of my it was my mother and her three sisters and their whole family, and my great grandmother and all them. And Everybody would come up from Tupelo and all around Oxford, Pickwick, all there, and we would have the best time. They would have the best food, man. It was dressing and cranberry salad and all the pies you could eat and this giant pies. turkey and cakes and uh we would eat and all the adults got to sit at the real nice table in the uh, in the dining room and the kids had to sit at the kids table and then the older cousins got to sit at like the kitchen table but it was always like a big waiting waiting game because after we would eat we would go to the living room and just get our spots you know for present opening yeah and all of the aunts and my mom would sit there and wash those dishes by hand and it would take what felt like an eternity. And we would sit sure. there and wait and wait. And on TV, we'd be watching Smoky Mountain Christmas with Dolly every year. Yeah. Or like Alf Christmas if I ever got to be in control of the TV. Uh, but we would open gifts. And then, you know, Santa would come that night. And uh, I would stay there. And my dad would come over the next morning, you know, and, and be there early when I woke up. You know, him, like I said, him and Mom worked not together. Uh, but he would come over and hang out while I did my Santa stuff. And Santa or whoever would always bring me the most gigantic GI Joe battle fortress. Love it in a box, not put together. And my father <laughs> would have to sit there <laughs> and put it together. And he was not a drinker, but he was a cusser. Yeah. So it was always really fun. Uh, but what we would do is on the twenty third, like you said, Christmas Eve. Me and all of my cousins, my mom and all, we would and all of them we would get in uh, in our vehicles and we would go to the Enchanted Forest in Memphis. We would walk through the animatronic wonderland, and we would see Santa Claus, and we would leave there, and we would go <clears throat> to the Peabody, and we would drink $10 hot chocolates and watch the ducks come down and take pictures in front awesome. of those trees, and then we would go over and... Do they do that at the zoo now? They'd have zoo lights now. That's the, uh, my zoo buddy lights. Jared and his family and, go. And they have, star, and they have starry and nights over at Shelby yeah. Farm, so we would we would do those things, too, and Man, it was just always a real treat sure. to do the same things every year and know that my cousins were going to be there, my, my, my parents or my mom was going to be there, my aunts going to be there. But I'll say it since I've gotten older. Uh, m- both of my parents have passed, and they divorced years ago. My siblings have a different mom. We've talked about this on the yeah. podcast. So they go do their thing. And I, I just, I'm, I'm not a man without a family. I don't want you all to get, I don't right. want people to think that. I, right. I had extended family. But since my grandmother, who was kind of the ringleader, passed away, and my mom has been passed for nearly 20 years now. I don't really feel comfortable there, it's just if I can be real. And then on my dad's side, we've never been big into Christmas because we were all the other people were always gone doing oh, sure, their sure. things. So I'm kind of a man without a holiday. So what I do now is like you mentioned earlier, yeah, I travel. Yeah. I just, I just, I find out when I'm getting off from work, and I go. So this year I'm going back to my old hometown, Seymour, Tennessee. Yeah, up in the mountains, just outside of Pigeon Forge, and I'm going to stay there, um, man, Friday through uh, through Monday. Ingemar is playing a basketball tournament at Gatlinburg Pittman right down the road, so I think I might even go catch a game there. I love so I'll that. Drive seven hours to go watch one of my friends coach, which is ridiculous. Yes. But, uh, man, I'm going to do it up up there. Uh, I'm going to go uh, to Dollywood one night. They got two love million it. lights. I'm going to go walk through there. I'm going to go eat at the Peddler, which is my favorite steakhouse in the world, uh, and do this all by myself. And, uh, it's totally cool, and uh, I, I look forward to breathing in some mountain air, and Good it's kind you, of my man. reset button, you know. That's and, awesome. And then when I get back, uh, I'll just say this: I, my friend Nick Weaver, uh, and th- this is my new tradition now. This is the one I do now. Uh, when when Grace was here, uh, we we lived together, we spent Christmas together, you know. Sure. Uh, but, when, but now that she's moved back home, and uh, there's nobody really around, I go to Nick's house, and I did this before Grace, and I do it now, um, and I go to their house on the twenty fourth. And we have Christmas, and then I spend the night there, and I wake up with them on the twenty fifth when their kids open their Christmas gifts, and it's really cool. I mean, it gives me a that's family awesome. element to do, and they treat me like they are my family. They sure. are, and uh, they always get me gifts. And Augusta, Nick's wife, her family is all Filipino people, cool. and they come in from Chattanooga and they cook the best non traditional Fi- oh, Christmas man, that's meal. Awesome. Yeah, so that that's that's what I got going on, but um, it's always fun, and I look forward to that. And um, just be be honest, um. The holiday season is a time when we're all thankful. You know what I mean? From Thanksgiving on, uh, you you think of the things you're thankful for and the people you're thankful for and the people you miss and uh I have ups and downs like everybody else, but when it actually gets here, it's all good. You know Agreed. what I mean? If that makes sense. Once 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 Mon, once I, Monday hits and it's actual 23rd, 24th, 25th, all the bad thoughts are sure. kind of gone. So that
1: I actually have gained an appreciation for Christmas Day itself last year for the first time and I'm not saying this to gain any kind of favor or make anybody think that I'm better than I am but I woke up and I didn't have any I didn't have anywhere to go uh, my mom was still working at the time right before she retired uh, my sisters were gone uh, and I think I was on call and we got five you know we got five removal death removal calls on Christmas Eve and Christmas and Christmas Day and I got all of them. And I could have easily been ill and pouted. And don't get me wrong, I wasn't the happiest. And I'm on call again this year, again for Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. And we give the rest I, the rest of the staff is off. I am by myself. That's okay. Uh, but what I did is something I'd never done. It was it was something that my pastors talk about all the time, man. And
0: this is, you got some good pastors uh, by the way. Those Ryan are some Collier good, and Will Rambo. I mean, those man. are two of the most top notch dudes in this planet, much less Tupelo. Those are those are good dudes, man. And I'm them, and, you. them and my guy Matt Powell. You can't you can't get any better than those guys. Man.
1: And, and, and they you know I listen to them obviously every Sunday that I go and, and you get to or get to watch on live stream but man one thing I always think about at least in our church's motto and this is not a plug for our church under any circumstance but the their motto is is growing deep roots and branching out the orchard true ooh I like that and uh, it's been that way for a while and uh, since its inception I believe but I actually kind of felt it last and I didn't have a lot of sleep. I picked up two on Christmas Eve one at eight o'clock, one at two o'clock in the morning I was I was so tired woke up only at eight o'clock to another call so I didn't have a lot of time to do anything. I went out to my mom's house and ate and then at 10 a.m I was sitting there thinking I am just somebody else is gonna die I'm gonna have to go get them. I went to the Salvation Army and I made food up for people that didn't have a Christmas dinner. And I, I ate with them. Coach Larry Harmon, high school basketball for coach, sure. fantastic man. A couple of our soccer players from Tupelo were there that I didn't know we were going to be people. I didn't know that were going to be there. I saw there that I knew, and I'm telling you that gave me the most overwhelming feeling of like, man, this is. I'm so glad I did this. I'm going to try to do it again this year.
0: Well, you know the old adage is true, and you don't really understand it until you get older. I Agree. It is better to give than to receive, and that's
1: that's kind of what I got out of it. because I mean I don't even remember, I couldn't tell you what I got for Christmas last year. It wasn't a lot maybe a gift card or yeah. two or a sweater or some socks and that's great that's it's awesome it's cool
0: but i will not forget going to do that if i never did it again i'll never forget going to do that but so i plan to do it again now that i've gotten older I, people ask me what well, you want for christmas man i can't think of nothing but, but i know but i'm constantly thinking about what to get others you know what I mean? Like, ooh, what I got to get this person? What I get this person? My siblings asked me they said, "What do you want for Christmas?" And I said, "Hey guys, uh, here's what I want. I'm gonna give y'all money for Christmas, and I want you to take that money and put it towards a plane ticket so we can go on a trip together in the spring." Yeah. Like, okay, I mean, I'm giving you a down payment on your plane ticket. We're gonna go somewhere, and they're like, "Do I have to spend the money on a plane ticket?" I'm like, "If I give you this money, we're you going to, we're <laughs> going on a trip with it." <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm gonna give you my my Blue Delta Christmas bonus. You're gonna put it towards a plane ticket, but yeah, I mean, you know, that's. Yeah, I mean it. It speaks highly to your character, McKinley. And I can be honest because uh, it's not for show. And the reason I know that is because we have the football show on Fridays, and we would finish, and we'd have so many chicken tenders and wings and fries, and like, well, we would we would I would have thrown it away. And you'd be like, Hey man, I'm gonna take these to fireman. I'm gonna take this to fire department. Yeah. And you and wasn't like a plan thing. You're not a politician. You're not a a guy who's trying to do anything or any kind of show. You're not tweeting about it or Facebook and look what I do. You even got a Facebook. You really just did it because that's just what people with good hearts do, and I, I salute well. you for that. I'm not going to lie to you. That's a, that's a that's a really good gesture, man. Because I'm just I mean, those people at the Salvation Army they they not only need a helping hand, but they need a smile. Yeah. They, they need a pat on the back because. Sure. We don't know. Uh, we don't know what they're going through, and it's really hard to hate somebody when you know what they've been through. You know what I mean? Right. So I mean, that's just. Uh, I, I appreciate you doing what you do there for right. sure. Are,
1: are you Are you going to be going through Christmas and Tennessee? I'll be
0: back uh, the twenty third. So I'll be back Monday. You
1: call me, man.
0: I will. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'd love
1: to hang with you on Christmas for sure. Day, man. I would. I'll tell you. Oh my God, I forgot this, and I've got to say it, Brian. For X amount of years in a row, before my good friend Will Klein got married to Laura, and we need to start this back because I know she'd love it too. He. And his mother and me and my mother would always go see a movie on Christmas day. Really?
0: Yep. I used to go nighttime. We
1: saw the Titanic. Like, well, what we always did is we 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 like we would wait, like we would eat, mm-hmm. and we'd go to like the first afternoon show, oh. like the one o'clock or the when two nobody's o'clock. there. And it was well, it was believe it or not, it used to not be packed. Now, like it's a thing. Everybody goes to the movie right. on Christmas day. But man, we saw uh, we saw the Titanic. We saw War Horse one year. Mm-hmm. I remember. Uh, one of the funniest ones ever Is Will's dad Actually went with us One year And it was me My mom Will Will's dad And Will's mom um, <laughs> We saw Wolf of Wall Street Oh man Because we, we know It's like It's got Leo It's got Johnny, It's got a good cast This is gonna be good I'm bro. not leaving <laughs> But like the first 20 minutes of that movie I'm like just Grabbing Will's arm And looking at him Like dude We brought our parents To see this
0: I took a date And I was time. like 30 I was like wow I took a date one time In the 7th grade To watch Waiting to Exhale With Whitney Houston <laughs> <laughs> the Greenville movie what theater. <laughs> <laughs> when there was a couple sex scenes, I was, like, that's, that's I was like, "What, was what is thinking. going on?" Like here?
1: Wolf of Wall Street, I was like, "Uh." You're doing quaaludes and stuff. He's <laughs> like, "Mom, you uh, you want to go? Y'all want to go get another ticket?" There is. He's like, ah, "We're here now." I was yeah. like, "Oh boy!" And of course, me and Will got. At me. We were like, Dude, "That was good."
0: And our parents were like, "Yeah, it was interesting." <laughs> That one's going to win Academy Awards. It's going to win something. Yeah. <laughs> you know what would be fun? I think about, I always try to think about funny things that would happen. One, how ridiculous would the people of Joyner think it was? If you and I just walked shoulder to shoulder and went Carolyn in everybody's house. i mean, But no, seriously. Sure, Get so. off my lawn, fat guys. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody cares what you're roasting on an open fire. Well, buddy. <laughs> I would love to do that, though.
1: But no, seriously, man. Let's 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 hang this I'm Christmas down, for sure. We yeah. need to do that. Yeah,
0: I'll catch up with you because I, I
1: like I said, I'm on call, so I can't go do anything elaborate. But uh, one thing I am doing after Christmas, uh, and this is kind of cool because I don't get to take many two or three days off from everything it is that I do, as far as funeral soccer, people dying.
0: Yeah, no doubt.
1: Uh, I've always seemed like I'm really really busy, but uh, my good buddy Jared Wesson. Got the hook for us. He lives in Nashville. His company has a suite at Nissan Stadium. So me and my old tailgate crew are going to the Music City Bowl. Y'all doing that? Yeah, that's I'm not awesome. doing New Year's, but we're going up to 29th on Sunday. We're going to have a good meal. When, Jared's already got his reservations. Y'all been to the Music
0: City Bowl in the last 2011, decade.
1: most fun I've had. Was at it UCF?
0: Game. Who was that?
1: No, that was the Liberty Bowl in 08. Yeah. It was
0: uh, Wake Forest. Wake Forest, that's yep. right. And we... Speaking man, to Kevin Smith from UCF, he's now the uh, running back coach at Ole Miss. I
1: did not know that. I
0: made him some blue delta jeans the other day. Wow! Steel Grace.
1: What a player! I mean, he was wow. awesome. Yeah,
0: played in the NFL for the he Lions did. for a he while. Sure did. For sure, yeah.
1: But no, man, I, I'm excited about that. We're going up on the 29th. I eat a good meal, and then we're all, you know, we're going. We'll, we'll probably go out after the meal and enjoy Nashville, and then we'll get up and probably hopefully have brunch.
0: Go to the Nashville. Gulch. The Gulch. It's a really cool place in Nashville now. It's that, Is not it, far it, from downtown. Okay, it's, like, it's cool. like another entertainment district. Okay, yeah, the Gulch. You'll For like Sure, it. it's got a lot of. You'll like it. Okay, that says it's got a lot. Of, it's, 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 <laughs> you know, I'll love it. <laughs> I know you'll love it. Um, so wrap, wrapping up our actual Christmas discussion. Uh, tell me, I'm going to ask you two things. I got to ask you one, one that I thought okay, about yeah, too. I'm going to ask you one that's not serious or not really serious, and one that's serious. What's what's the one food you you associate with Christmas? Okay, and it might and it might not seem like your your bet your favorite thing is like I mean I love sausage balls shrimp, sure 65 days a year it is my Christmas meal it's also my Thanksgiving meal and my yeah. birthday meal and my meal on Saturday if and whenever you that. can get your hands yeah it. <laughs> but what's yeah. the thing you think of the one thing you go Man, that's Christmas
1: I, I dude I never I, I, I've already mentioned it too my mom's breakfast casserole and okay. if you're not familiar with that it's what Foodie people call a frittata. Yeah, it's crumbled up bread, eggs, and it and it's it's gets gelatinous like it's it yeah. keeps form. She puts bacon, cheese, sausage in it. Oh, it's it's so good. And she's she's freezing me a couple. She, of course, she'll cook it Saturday morning, right? And then she'll freeze a couple for me up. So I'll have one baked, and we can we can chow down on that Christmas mm, Day. Man, I
0: can. Mine can't uh, ever skip egg day. No, for sure. <laughs> Better not. Especially egg that's su- my that's my favorite egg though, souffle okay. day. I'm down with that. <laughs> uh, man. Mine, and it's going to be a, a weird thing that a lot of people act like they don't like, most people that don't like, really, but uh, it's fruitcake.
1: Really? Like a real fruitcake?
0: A real fruitcake. See, uh, you buy those ones from the store, and yeah. they're hit or miss. They're dry they're a lot dry, of the time. They're crappy, but my grandma Baldwin, my dad's mom, she was not the greatest cook. I've always joked about that, but she made a really awesome moist fruitcake. cake. Did she do
1: it in the, the pan
0: round bunt pan? Oh. Uh-huh. It man. wasn't one of those log ones. <laughs> those it was good. a round bunt pan, and it was so good. But like she used like fruit cocktail in hers, and she Ooh. would candy it somehow, so make it, it real sweet. Yes, yeah, so it was really oh, good. But so now, uh, when it's Christmas time, I find me a really good fruit cake, and I nice. get a big old bottle of eggnog. Nice, and I absolutely go to town on it on one night. I love that. I, I mean, and and when one. Two hours sitting, I will eat the entire fruitcake and <laughs> kill a half gallon of eggnog. Prairie Farms eggnog is the way to go. Well there's uh, there's but, one th- but those I'll, are the two things I, I like. Fruit fruitcake and eggnog. You've
1: had before and we all have at some point, we just don't know what to call it. But it's the it's that person that makes that breaded biscuit kind of textured Sausage cream cheese calash thingy. Yes. I always remember somebody used to bring it to my parents' Christmas breakfast. Hey, I've actually year. heard
0: it just called sausage, cream cheese casserole. Or, or
1: yeah, whatever yeah. it is. But like you can do it in squares or you can do the big one with the big slices. Triangles
0: with the croissants. Dude. Yeah. That right there That's just awesome. sets it off.
1: And then monkey bread. Somebody always used to do monkey
0: bread and I loved it. I the met. cinnamon with the pecans and the syrup and oh man. What's your least favorite thing about Christmas? What's, like, not even, like, I mean, it could be a movie, it could be a song, it could be just, like, a part of Christmas. (sighs) Least favorite part of Christmas.
1: Ooh, Brian, I don't, you know, you made a good point earlier when you said that, like, you know, everybody goes through their ups and downs at Christmas. I haven't had anybody, like, really, really close to me die, you know, in the past 10, 11, 12, 15 years, uh but you know you still think about them and stuff like that but like you're absolutely right when you say the closer you get to christmas day the closer you feel more thankful and 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 spiritual really i guess you'd say um the one thing i guess oh, man that's that's a, I mean, it's a good that i can't think anything immediately i guess but dude i i don't i, I hate to say this because of where i work but like my job is really, really tough on
0: Christmas. No doubt, right? Mm-hmm. And that's
1: that's kind of the one negative I can draw from it. Like last year was brutal because, like I said, I had five calls in twenty four hours. Right. I actually remember that happening. Like, and dude, I'm telling you, it about finished me up. We weren't we 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 didn't do radio that week, thankfully, yeah. uh, because there's no there's no I, like I didn't sleep for two days, and I always it is really really brutal when you see a fan like because everybody that's lost a loved one recently. Like, in the past year, they always think about it about on Christmas. But it's really, really tough for those that lose their loved ones on Christmas because everybody's fine. Whether you whether you know that, that somebody's on their way out or not, like if they're really, really sick and they could die any day, that's one thing. But, like, the ones that are sort of unexpected, like just somebody dies of old age just so happens to be on Christmas, that's really, really tough to see people go through, and yeah. that's that's a negative, you know. And and you could obviously turn that into a positive because you could say it's, they're in a better place, and you know. But and that's true, but it's it's just really, really tough seeing that on people's faces, and it, it makes us our heart breaks for all of our families, but especially those ones that lose on their holidays.
0: I'll say mine, and and I have we I have friends that listen to this podcast, and some of them are going to hear me say this, and they're going to think he's talking about me, and I'm not, but I am. I'm talking about everybody, but. I don't like the busyness of it, and, and and I don't necessarily mean like it's a busy time. I mean the people who act like, oh my God, I got so much stuff going yeah. on. Like, for instance, like, hey man, what you got going on this weekend? Man, I'm swamped. I got so and so's party here. I got so and so's party here. Then we got to go there. Then we got to go there. And then shop. And, and, then, and yeah, then, yeah, like like man, calm down. Slow down. It's Christmas. Yeah, slow down. Like okay, cool. Like, tell that person that had that having that party at two o'clock. You ain't gonna be there. To three or m- maybe not at all like like just yeah. don't sweat it like it, un- what i'm getting at the christmas season is supposed to be a time of reflection remembrance appreciation thankfulness and unfortunately it becomes a season of obligation
1: that's a, that's so on point
0: and we're obligated to be here obligated to be there obligated to do if this there's anywhere to that.
1: christmas that you've got to be obligated
0: to and you don't you feel obligated you probably shouldn't be doing it the only place i was obligated was trivia tonight yeah. yeah and, it wasn't, and speaking of that, Which I got gonna, oh, I knew it. That's
1: coming. But I got a question for you and I, I was going yeah. I brought it up for the but podcast the, and that, I told yeah. you I'd save it. But no, you're 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 but, right. But man. it's a season
0: of obligation like everybody has those traditions that you got to do and you know when they're going to happen. For yeah. instance, I got you got Christmas breakfast on the 23rd. Yeah. You're going to have this on the 25th. You know when those things are going to be around. Well, don't fill your not you in particular, but people don't fill your schedule to the brim with everything like this is Christmas break. You're supposed tell to tell
1: one family, "Hey, man, we're not going to make it this year. We'll catch you next
0: year." Or if you want to see us bad enough, and you want to see us bad enough, let's con- let's combine yeah, these that's, things. That's a good call. People are older now. They have, like, for instance, if you like my mom's side of the family, that's just what I always go back to. Since my grandmother passed, my aunts now do things with their families individually because they have. Children and grandchildren and stuff like that. And I'm the only person in my family who has a a family tree that has one branch, me.
1: Right. Everybody else has
0: kids, grandkids, great-grandkids. It's just me. And
1: I'm like that, too, now.
0: Yeah. And and another thing, and I'll I'll wrap up my tangent. I don't like it being the season of obligations and busyness. And I also don't like it being in a a season where people feel like they're obligated to invite you or they're supposed to. Yeah. Just because you're my family. Look, if we don't talk and chill out that much, you ain't got to holler at me. Just, yeah. just leave me be. Or, if you're like you and like my guy Nick Weaver, and you're like, "Hey man, I really do want to see you. Come hang out with me." Like that. I do. That's <laughs> awesome. Yeah. But like, those people are just inviting. You may me. get to go on your first death call. This, <laughs> this <laughs> Christmas. <laughs> One can only hope, Mac. <laughs> One can only hope not if you're in my I, no, I know. But you know what I'm saying? Like, I, no, it's the season of obligation. You feel like you're obligated to be somewhere, and then other people feel like they're obligated to invite people. Or we got to throw this party because we've always done it. You don't have to. You mm-hmm. don't have to. Like, people, um, take care of yourselves this holiday. It's sure. like you're going to give to everybody else. Oh, yeah. But take care of yourselves and your I'm mental tell
1: health. You, in my line of work, we don't get a lot of days off. And mm-hmm. the 24th and 25th hopefully will be two days off yeah. this year. You know what I'm going to get up and do at least once on both those days? Get up and do my normal exercise route. Yeah,
0: yeah, like, yeah. It's great, man. It's like people make a big deal out of birthdays, Christmas, stuff like that. I really feel like if you just kind of have the mentality that you're going to treat those days like every other day, they'll be less hectic and stressful. There's a million other things going on. But treat your travel schedule like your work schedule. All right, cool. When we'll get up at 6 o'clock, I'm going to drink my coffee, I'm going to go work out, I'm going to take my shower, I'm going to take a dump, I'm going to shave, and then we'll tack my day. And then when it comes time to have lunch, have lunch.
1: I do this just about every Christmas because, you know, like I'm a single bachelor just like you. If I'm not with my family, I'm not on call, and I have nothing going on, you know one thing I'll for sure do? What's that? Watch those Christmas Day basketball games. Yeah. Maybe the only regular season game I watch all year. Yeah. But I'll watch it. I always like watching the the bad bowl games. There's that one bad bowl game. There right bad bowl it's game always like always. the Honolulu Bowl. or Yeah, something Hawaii Bowl or like, like. the uh, the one that's in the
0: Bahamas or something I like back that. In the Bay, I think the Poinsettia Bowl. You yes, that's it. But, man, San really, Diego Credit Union. Point Cri- 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 Christmas is a it's a, it's a good time and uh, and I'm thankful for it and uh, you know our but before our next podcast and I'll say this you know the decades coming to an end it is and in our next podcast we're going to dive into the past decade you know what what's been awesome what's been Dude, subpar true that, man we're in our next podcast we're going to reflect on our year in review because McKinley and I have been doing radio and <laughs> a podcast have, for a man. year. It's- Yeah, like, I mean, Blue Delta's gone crazy. I mean, McKinley's got all kind of things going on in his life, and he's got soccer going on, and, man, there's been a lot happening in 2019 and in the past decade. Like, we'll talk about our favorite sports moments, our favorite moments together. Yes. Because we've had so many fun times that we've been together. I mean, and when when I think about it, I've actually known McKinley 10 years now. That's about I right. I met him in a 2010 trivia. That is exactly right. It was right, right before he started teaching at Tupelo. I think. I that's think right. you were at Morville in You're, 2010, or that's right. Yeah, and you were student teaching. Yeah. I mean, I've known him Fall that long. Fall spring yeah.
1: of 2010, I went to Shannon. For
0: he, one he, semester. he showed up to trivia one night, and I took a picture of it and sent it to my friend Bud Holman. and it said, "Dusty Kelly, this is, is Dusty- it trivia?" <laughs> yeah, he told me that. <laughs> <man>. <laughs> he said, "Nuts, not Dusty." Promises. And then man. I went and I, and I introduced and Dusty myself. Dusty and I worked together, yeah. and
1: people would. I, it was amazing. Like, hey, Coach Kelly, and then we come
0: to, hey, Coach. Well, I went up to read, he was at Trivia that night, and I was like, hey, man, you know that guy over there? He's like, oh, yeah, that's Mac Holland. I was like, oh, okay. And, like, And they all knew yeah. you, but I was like, I thought that's the guy. <laughs> but that was, that was so long ago. But, uh, man, that, that that takes me to, uh, I guess, uh, the way to wrap it up here. Um, Christmas, Christmas, Christmas Trivia for you.
1: Real quick, because yeah. I'll forget it. i got to ask you this, and I want you to answer in 30 seconds. 30 seconds. You, you spend a lot of time in Seymour, Tennessee, where you're
0: going. Yes. As, when I, I lived there for five years. years, yeah. I'm going to be the mayor of there when I turn 50. Why are you not a Tennessee fan? I was. Um, here, here's the thing I, I can give you the real high notes. I, I left up here. I left down here when my mom moved up there to okay. work for South Central Bell. I was a Ole Miss football fan, Memphis basketball fan, right. just like I am now. Uh, but I went up there as a third grader, and my best friend I met was a guy named Buck Householder. And his mom ran the University of Tennessee Sports Hall of Fame oh, in wow. the front of the practice facility. Johnny Majors was the coach. Yeah. Carl Pickens was the wide receiver. Andy Kelly was the quarterback. And then Hugh Shuler came in. So Nuts. I went there, and I wore an Ole Miss sweatshirt my first day at school. And Buck Householder looked at me and goes, by the time this third grade year over, you're going to be a Tennessee fan. I laughed in his face. In October, I was wearing orange, going <laughs> watching people run out of the tee. So my point is, I was a huge Tennessee fan. I really was. And then when I moved back down here, I was a Tennessee fan up until – the T. Martin National Championship. Okay. It was a big deal. I mean, yeah. I lived and died with it. I wore Tennessee arms to school and stuff. Yeah. What changed it was college. When you're a kid, you don't get the party. You don't, you don't understand it. You're rooting for your well, favorite it, players. I
1: ask because it's a different perspective. Yeah. I mean, I've known I'm going to be a Mississippi State fan yeah. my whole life, but, like, for you, I've, I've always wondered Yeah,
0: that. you know, I, I moved up there. All my friends were Tennessee fans, and when I was a kid down here before I moved up there, I moved up there at seven. So I didn't go to many Ole Miss games down here and right. stuff at that time, but when I moved – Oh, when, back. I, when I moved – you know, I lived up there until I was going into the seventh grade. I moved in with my dad as a seventh grader from Knoxville to Indiana to play basketball for him. Still Tennessee fan, Tennessee fan. But I started going to games yeah. in, in the Grove. I started going to the Grove, going to games. Started going to basketball games when the NCC, say, Anthony Boone yeah, years were going on. Raheem, like you know, uh, Romero signing with Ole Miss and playing was a big deal. Huge deal. And then when I went to college and started college, Eli was coming through. We were the yeah. same age, you know, so – it's hard to – I guess it was not peer pressure, but it was just around yeah. your peers. I was up there. All my sure. friends were Tennessee fans. I was immersed in it. I loved it. I moved back. It was kind of like, hey, you're back here.
1: So you can be an Ole Miss fan now again. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and and
0: that's what it was. I mean, I and, and and truthfully, outside of college sports, I've always been a fan of the player first. Sure. So it just so happened to be awesome that Heath Shuler and Peyton Manning came through Tennessee when I was absolutely, there. and when I came back here, it just so happened that they signed Romero and, and then Eli. And Eli so yeah. Like, okay. Well, I,
1: this is easy. Yeah.
0: You know, I mean, it was a good transition, and 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 I can be honest. Um, when my mother passed, that was my last tie to Knoxville. Cool. Like. Other than my friends, but like she was a big fan. Yeah. So yes. it's like when she when she passed, it was just kinda like
1: You lost a reason a little I bit
0: lost bit. a reason, you yeah. know, to go up there. But yeah, I love Tennessee. I love going to Nayland. Um I'll just be honest, you know, we talk you and I off the air a lot talk about mental health. And that'll be a podcast one day. But right now, I'll just say this. Some people do drugs, some people take prescription pills, some people drink, some people meditate, some people pray. When I need to reset, I go to the mountains. In, in partic- not even the Rockies. Not yeah. anywhere. I go to the Smoky Mountains because I know it and I'm comfortable. And I just take it in. Cool. And that's all. So I, I really look forward to that's it. That's a great so, answer. Man. Yeah, I appreciate you asking so, me that. I, sorry
1: to interject <laughs> on that. Give me some Christmas tree.
0: Man, yeah, you ain't bothering me. I, I want to take you up there one day uh, because yeah, cool. I you, – you, it's kind of like if I went to Starville with you, you yeah. know what to do. Yeah. If you go up there with me, I just know what
1: True to that. do. True that. I've only I mean? been like twice to that part of. Blue the world.
0: Delta is going to sell one day, and then I'm going to be compensated for all of my sweat equity and hard work, <laughs> and uh, hopefully no time soon. No, I'm no time soon. Get an alteration, dude, dude, for sure. Yeah, you're losing weight. We're going to have to alter your pants. I've noticed tonight you were thinner. <laughs> but uh, the thing is, um, I'm going to go back up there one day, and all the people that I grew up with, when I go back up there, the last thing they remember was sixth grade Brian. Yeah, I was a smartest kid. I was no, I mean I'm not bragging, but no, at that yeah. time, I was I, amongst my peers. I was viewed as one of the smartest kids in class, and I was the best athlete. I and mean, I was dropping oh, bombs. Yeah. I, was best, I was pistol Pete. Uh, I was funny, I was talented. And when I left in the sixth grade, it was like my life paused because it was before the internet. Oh, nobody yeah. knew what I was doing in Springville, Mississippi. Right. And now when I go back, it's like Elvis came back. Yeah, it's just like they're wanting to know and. You know, so what I'm getting at is one of these days I'm going to be 50 and I'm going to go run for mayor of Seymour. And all the people that are matter are going to be the ones in charge and they're going to say, elect this man. And that's what's going to I happen. i
1: finally get to go to a steak restaurant or a fish restaurant with you somewhere around Seymour and say, yeah, I'm here with the mayor.
0: Tacapola. No, 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 no. Table Seymour. for two. But there is a, speaking of that, if you ever go with me, we're going to go to Yield Steakhouse. It's the one, Okay. the old steakhouse, and the peddler in Gatlinburg. That's where I'm going this weekend, the peddler. Nice. I'm in. All right. Well, here we go with some Christmas trivia wrapping it up. (laughs) People all the time send me Snapchats of themselves listening to our podcast with these trivia questions going on, and they're answering them, believe it or not. So it's pretty funny. Steve and Chris every time, for sure. Um, All right. (sighs) All right. Here we go. Hanukkah. Questions about Hanukkah. You ready? This is fair. Question number one: What is the name of the four-sided spinning top that is played with by Jewish children during Hanukkah? That would be a dreidel. Absolutely. Number two: What is the name of the Hanukkah symbol that holds eight candles, one to be each lit, the one to be lit each night? Ooh. So it's the, it's pretty much the Hanukkah candelabra. What's that called? Is it the Gomorrah? Close. You're thinking of Sodom and Gomorrah. But I am. Yeah. <laughs> it, it rhymes with Gomorrah. Gamora. Well, Dang it. Said come more. You dropped two Jewish
1: questions on me in the first two
0: <laughs> Truly you're uh. a Jew Remember Andy Frasco called Jewpolo Oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> We did new festival <laughs> yeah. Him and Jordan Farmar are going to be the grand marshals <laughs> I'm going to help you out It's called the menorah The menorah, man, yeah. why did I say Gamora? Oh Hanukkah, oh Hanukkah, come light the menorah yeah. Alright, number three Hanukkah is known as the festival of what? Hanukkah is the Festival of
1: Light. I knew that because Mm -hmm. of the candle. Yeah.
0: Instead of one day of presents, they get eight crazy crazy nights. Eight crazy nights. All right. Number four. Speaking of Adam Sandler, in Adam Sandler's original Hanukkah song, he mentions two real celebrities who are not Jewish. Name them.
1: Oh man. I'm gonna have to sing the song in my head. We'll sing it out loud. Put on your.
0: It's time to celebrate Hanukkah. So much Hanukkah. He goes.
1: Oh my gosh! And so are blank.
0: Not a Jew. But guess who is Hall of Famer Rod Carew? Carew. He converted. Dude, I don't know. O.J. Simpson. That's one. And then the other one is uh. Uh. So many Jews are in showbiz. Blank, blank isn't, but I heard his agent is. Diddle, 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 did. Tell your friend Veronica. <laughs> oh, dude, <sighs> I don't know. Tom Cruise isn't, but I heard his agent is. So. It's been so long since I've heard. It's a I good didn't song. You need to listen to this. I love this song. All right, song. number five. This is man. I'm really excited about this one. What animated film of 1986? Follows a Russian... Animated film, so cartoon. Follows a Russian Jewish family who, while celebrating the Hanukkah season, has their home destroyed, forcing them to board a ship headed to the U.S. where there are no cats.
1: You know I'm an 85 model, right?
0: Yep, yep. I was an 84... I was an 82 model. So I didn't even... This is the first film I ever saw in theaters. All
1: right...
0: So while you're thinking about the Russian-Jewish family who had their house destroyed during the Hanukkah season, they had to get on a boat to go to America where there are no cats, I will sing you the theme song, the soundtrack theme song. Are you ready? Somewhere out there beneath the pale moonlight, dude. Someone's thinking of me. (laughs) I have no idea. Somewhere out there, someone's saying a prayer. An American tale, Fival That we'll find one another in that big somewhere. You know what you did there, kind (laughs) of?
1: When you, describe, when you gave the clue.
0: There are no cats in America. Yeah, And the dude, streets that, are made with cheese.
1: I don't know why that threw me for a loop. It was well, like one of those tweets you see where it's like, name a movie, describe a movie that's out of, like, that's what, I don't know.
0: And what would have given it away, and the people at Trivia had a tough time, because it's an animated film that follows a family of Russian Jewish mice. You said a family, and that's... But they they are a family, it's the Mouskowitz's, and and that's why when I threw in, there are no cats. That's kind of what I thought would have helped give that away. All right, so here's another Christmas category, and you're going to like this one here. Oh, boy. By Home Alone. Let's let's get it. question number one, what international city, and it's only Home Alone number one, the first one. Okay. okay? What international city are the McAllisters traveling to in their original Home Alone? I know you have the tough questions. Right. Oh, uh, uh, Paris! That's right. Paris, oh, God, Uh Number two. And this is this. Uh, what two criminals make up the Wet Bandits? Joe Pesci. Well, give me their ac- give me their character names.
1: Oh, uh, 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 Harry and Marv. That's right. And the Joe Pesci Joe and Pesci and Daniel, Daniel Stern, Stern yeah. from Celtic Pride. Harry, <laughs> I made why it, why it to you the dress top. Like, why the hell you dressed like a
0: chicken? Why you lose your shoes? <laughs> That's, so good. that's a good movie. They were talking about the other day in our group text <laughs> about how those guys should have died. Oh, like, oh dude. I the like the, the, and- the non realities all the time of both those movies. Like, there ain't no way, man.
1: Yeah. Oh, the mean, he can just can fell three face. stories and had a, a entire shelf of paint all on him. He's dead.
0: He got <laughs> electrocuted three minutes later. Anyway, go ahead. I'm sorry. All right. So for three points. Okay, you get a point and a half for each correct answer. Let's call it a strange brood. I need that's right, for sure. Yeah. I like that. Uh who wrote and produced the film and also who directed it? Oh, man. Two different people. It's tough.
1: Is Lauren Michaels one of them? No. no okay. No. Robert Zemeckis? No. Don't know.
0: John Hughes okay. wrote and directed 16 Candles, the guy who uh, did all those yeah, films. Yeah. And um, Christopher Columbus directed it. You know, I always feel like Johnny his has produced numbers. it, and he's one of the ones. Harry Potter.
1: That uh, you always notice his name in the opening credits. And yeah. Like, oh, yes, yeah, one of his movies. Because in it, 1492,
0: he sold the Ocean, ocean Blue. Blue. Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right, this is going to be a tough one. What was the name of the film within the film, uh, the gangster movie that Kevin plays to get a free pizza and to thwart the wet bandits? <clears throat>
1: All right, Johnny, I'm going. <laughs> oh,
0: dude. One, two, ten. Keep the chain, you filthy animal. Dude, that's good. That sounded just like him. Get on your knees and tell me you love me.
1: It's like New York City Nights or something like... It's like a...
0: Angels with Filthy Souls. Oh, dude, I would have never got that. It's a fake movie. And then the second one, it was Angels with Filthier Souls.
1: Yeah. (laughs) You've been smooching with everybody. Al, Leo, Bob, Gruffy... Cliff, it's a lie. <laughs> You've been smooching with my
0: brother. <laughs> You've been smooching with my brother. <laughs>
1: God, I love the, Dude, I'm that. Dude, you're spot too. on.
0: Watch it tonight. I love it. All <laughs> right. So upon its original release, Home Alone ended up being the third highest grossing film of all time at that time. Ooh. What two films were ahead of it? Oh, man.
1: Highest grossing. What,
0: what, 93? 92-ish. 92? Yeah, so it had been everything before that.
1: Highest grossing films. All right, I'm going to go Gone with the Wind?
0: No. Okay. Um, Maybe for, like, tickets sold, it might have been. Like in the theater. Yeah, but, like, they, this is gross for the movie ticket prices. Box like office money money plays made. in. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> it's two well-known films. Yeah, I was, well, I thought I'd
1: hit a home run with, <laughs> with Gone with the Wind. Um, More recent than that. Okay, okay.
0: I'm gonna go. I'll give you a clue. Ouch. Et. Et. There you go. Okay.
1: That makes total sense. Yeah. Because that wasn't much prior. Like eighty-two. Yeah. I mean, About I was ten, I ten years. Yeah. And then the other one, oh, man.
0: Star Wars. Dude. Shot in the dark. Right on it. Which one?
1: Fourth
0: one? Yeah, the first one, but the fourth one. But the the the, the
1: second release. Yeah,
0: okay, okay. Dude, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Dude, that's pretty good guess. Et uh, et was a tough one because, like, a lot of people put Ben Hur because a lot of people saw it. A lot of people put Gone with the Wind tonight. Yeah, because I mean (laughs) Casablanca. Yeah, yeah. People put that too. All right, my last question for you, and this is going to be, it's going to be the last last one. Twelve Days of Christmas. Okay, so from twelve down to one. Or one up to twelve, I need you to tell me the gifts of the twelve days of Christmas.
1: Oh, dude. Okay, partridge and a pear tree. On
0: the, f- we can even sing it with each other. On, on the, the first, first day, day of Christmas, my true love gave to me a partridge in okay. a pear okay. tree. Okay, and on the second on day of Christmas, my yes, true love gave to me to two turtle doves. Yeah, all right. On the third day of Christmas,
1: my true love gave to me three.
0: French hens, two turtle, turtle doves. Yep, mm-hmm, yep. Yep. And on the fourth day they got four calling birds, three French hens, <laughs> two turtle
1: doves. And a partridge
0: in a pear yep. tree. And on the fifth day. Five golden <laughs> rings. There we go. Then the four. <laughs> crawling, all right. What about uh, six? Six is tough because yeah. five. Everybody's looking forward to five. Six golden Six sexy singles is what I would say. <laughs> 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 D- the dating days of Christmas. More like <laughs> six craft singles. <laughs>
1: six. What was six?
0: Six, Giselle laying.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Okay.
0: All right. And then seven. seven. Nine. Swans of swimming? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh huh. Eight. Eight.
0: Maids. Maids
1: of milking. That's yes. right. Yeah. Yes.
0: Okay. <laughs> eight maids of cleaning. Uh, Nine. Oh, this, nine. See, This is the one everybody misses. Really? Because it doesn't really rhyme. Like maids of milking, eight, you know, swans seven of swans of swimming, six. But nine is.
1: It's not alliterative.
0: Mm mm. Mm mm. I have, uh, nine Ladies Dancing.
1: I would not never. That's tough. I
0: could sing it and yeah. forget yeah. that, that, yeah. that one. Yeah, I, I would always go with, like, Nine Maids of Milking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> eight Maids of Milking, Nine Maids of Milking. <laughs> <laughs> All right, 10. Hmm.
1: I don't even know 10 through Lords of Leaping. 10 Lords of Leaping.
0: 11 Pipers life. Piping and 12 whew. Drummers Drumming. How hard is that? Dude, that is so So hard. here we go. But like it's, when it a comes partridge, on, yeah.
1: Like I could probably roll through it.
0: Partridge in a pear tree, two turtle doves, three French hens, four calling birds, birds five French golden rings, six geese a laying, seven swans a swimming, eight maids a milking, nine ladies dancing, ten lords a leaping, eleven pipers piping, and twelve drummers drumming. That's tough. I, that's dude. tough. That's really tough. And if something they figured out too is if every gift was accounted for for every day. So like on the first day of Christmas, they gave them. A partridge in a pear tree, but like on the twelfth day of Christmas, the gifts were actually twelve drummers drumming, eleven pipers piping. Yeah. So like they had all those things. So it ends up being three hundred and sixty-four gifts given over twelve days, mathematically. You know, like, you know, if you Neat. add them up, yeah, it's like something wild like that. But
1: but the but like three sixty-four one day less than a year.
0: Did you? I did not even know and that
1: Christmas Day is that. That's what I thought you were talking about. No. That's,
0: Maybe. Math, math is funny. Maybe. Science is a mystery to me. Maybe. <laughs> Science is a mystery. Well, all right. Well that was my trivia. You may get you got any more questions you may give you or you may wrap it up there 'cause all right, here's one for you. Yeah. Um it was a question, a category I did about presidential impeachments. Mm. It wasn't about politics. It was like Bush, yeah. questions about the three people who have been impeached. So uh, here was one. Uh who is older, Bill Clinton or Donald Trump? Currently today, who is older? Trump. Trump. Trump by two months. Uh True or false, Bill Clinton has never lost a public election. True. False. He was governor of Arkansas for two terms and then got beat. Really? By a guy named Frank White. And then he got re-elected again, so. I would not have known that. I don't even think Frank White's alive anymore. Imagine that.
1: My dad was on a plane with Bill Clinton one time.
0: And your dad's still here. Lucky man.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Explain.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <Just laughs> i played. All right. Uh... One more for you here. Bill Clinton gained political traction in nineteen ninety two by playing saxophone on what late night talk show? Arsenio Hall. Bingo. <laughs> I actually remember that. That was cool. He was there was a funny story about like uh been better if he'd have played uh uh What's our our sax
1: song that we were talking about? Jerry Rafferty. Jerry Rafferty. Dude, if he'd have played that, he'd be. They would have taken off the.
0: They'd have taken away term limits. He'd still be president. <laughs> For Real though. <laughs> we're gonna have a sax battle off. This president. <laughs> so I will say this about and God my... bless these United States. Oh man, <laughs> that would be like and now and now so our national <laughs> and now our national anthem.
1: Every State of the <laughs> Union ends with Jerry Rafferty.
0: That's awesome. Well, man, it's about time to wrap it Dude, up. I've got to go pack and... We got to get ready, and we'll be back. Uh, we will after Christmas. McKinley and I are going to do the year wrap up, yeah, and the decade wrap up. So yes. we'll we'll talk about all that happened in twenty nineteen and the years twenty ten to tw- two thousand nineteen. So and beyond and beyond, <laughs> we'll we'll talk about. We're supposed to have hoverboards by now, and yeah, flying cars. Yeah, the Miami Sharks are going to win the World Series or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> but anyway, but McKinley, uh, before we get off, I, I will I will give a little on my end. I want to give a little Christmas cheer, and you can do the same. Um. Everybody, thank you for 2019. Thanks for tuning into the podcast, McKinley and I have really appreciated it. Appreciate you listening to us when we're always on the radio and following us, following us on Twitter and Instagram personally, and chiming in. We really enjoy the interaction and uh, speaking to all of the people who uh, that listen to us and that we care about. Be safe this holiday season as you travel to and fro, and uh, we want you to be back in 2020 fully healthy and uh, and ready to attack the new year as it comes. And uh, I want to challenge people. Um, we only have, uh, today's the 19th, so we we got like 12 days left, maybe 11, you know, yeah. coming tomorrow. For the next 11 days, find something every day to do for somebody else. Amen. That may not even be planned. It may be spur of the moment, but if you're in the drive through at Starbucks, man, buy the person behind you's coffee. Um, if you're at the grocery store and there's an older lady who's walking out, Assure her that you're not crazy and you just want to help her put her stuff in her car. Like, do, for the next 11 days, do something nice for somebody that doesn't cost any money and you will feel better about yourself going into Absolutely. that new so, year. What do you got to say?
1: I couldn't have said anything better than what you just said. I'm just going to go on with a big fat ditto and I will go ahead and sign us off do it. and say kind of what I wanted to say there. But folks, again, Brian and I thank you from the deepest depths of our hearts uh, from the listen- hard rock bottom of our hearts. <laughs> <laughs> from from what do the kids call it, the SpongeBob, the there's the, the chum bucket of our hearts. <laughs> uh we we really do thank you for listening to us, whether it be on the radio or on the podcast. Uh or interacting with us on Twitter. We love it. Uh Shout out Michael Bland for I haven't even said that for the the whole the Star Wars the thing Baby Yoda he played thing. in I love that that was so fantastic get on our Twitter and check that out but that, speaking of which you can find us at the Happening Pod on Twitter and on Happening Pod on Instagram you can find Brian personally at bdbaldwin 24 and myself at McKinley Holland um, we'd love to hear from you can't wait for the new year uh, we'll have plenty of stories hopefully and we'll move into some cool stuff that we've been wanting to do. New sports season's rolling around. We're going to hop into some hoops. Got some Cannot food wait. podcasting
0: coming up, too. Yes, we do. we got a guy who knows a guy who cooks food for a guy who's going to let us hang out like cool guys. Yeah,
1: done, done been there, done that, yeah. doing it
0: again. Doing it again.
1: But, uh, folks, again, thank you. Um, to all a good Christmas and to all a good night.